Blank check with Griffin and David. Blank check with Griffin and David. Don't know what to say or to expect. All you need to know is that the name of the show is Blank Check. Daddy, there's a podcast at my window. Can I have a glass of podcast? Isn't it at my bed or door? I think window, right? Okay, because whatever. Isn't it at the, whatever. the door? I don't. Hey, everybody, I'm Griffin. I'm David Sims. Griffin Newman is yeah. the name. Yeah. David Sims is the game of the name, the name game of the other person I host the show with. I forgot to put my fucking phone on airplane mode for the second time. This is bad. <laughs> Even for you, this is a bad opening. This is the worst one yet. <laughs> but this is the best podcast ever. Yeah. It's called Blank Check with Griffin and David. This is a mini series. We do mini series. We're like serial. Yeah. And none of this serial. And we don't dip back into the That's old stuff. Actually, say. we might do that one day. Who knows? Yeah, we probably will. But for now, serial spamming my feed with season one again. I didn't like that. I kind of like it. Yeah. Um, can I throw out a hot take? Adnan did it? Uh, no, we, we established <laughs> that episode one of this podcast. So we were okay, very we, clear. We wanted to make it clear that people didn't need to list of serial anymore because we told everyone that Adnan did it. So uh-huh. did Jay. They worked together. What's your hot take? Hot take, I think serial season two is really good and people don't like I it agree. poopy diaper babies. Serial season two is great. It's great. Uh, so that's a Love shout Love serial season two. Shout out. <laughs> poopy diaper babies. And um, Katie, get on this. Get on this podcast. This podcast, miniseries. Yeah. Uh, investigative uh, miniseries about passion projects. When filmmakers are given a blank check to do whatever they want. Sometimes someone has a big hit, you give them one shot. Yeah. You're sort of Michael Cimino, Heaven's Gate. You get one shot, free, free reign. Sometimes someone makes such a big splash early on. Hollywood just keeps saying, do it again. Do it again. They just, they keep swinging, one Even, could say. Yeah, they swing away. They swing away. Yeah. Even, they, they, the problem is they swing every time. No, they, yeah, they keep, even as they, the flops pile up, Hollywood's yeah. like, nah, you're, this, this time you're going to get it right. Yeah. Uh, really honing the... Uh, to paraphrase the immortal uh, Michael Showalter, never stop swinging. And he's uh, in this movie, yeah. Yes, right. that's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, no, right, yeah. Yes. Sorry, sorry. Hey, Hi, guys. No, hey, apology accepted. Uh, um, we have guests. Yes. So this podcast, this miniseries is called... Uh, uh, Pod Night Shyamacast. Pod Night Shyamacast, right, which right. beat out my choice, which was T-Cast Shyamalan. We don't need to talk about it every week. Okay, well, I just, you know, because well, I've had a lot Rich, of people come to me on this street guests. and say that they would have voted for mine if they hadn't been bullied. Uh, former guest Katie Rich called it your name by mistake when she plugged us on her podcast. So take it where I can get. It. Yeah, exactly. Um, we have two guests today. Mm-hmm. Now For we a much talk, more professional podcast than this one. We talk a lot about our our home base here at the mm-hmm. UCB Comedy Network with our old buddy, producer Benjamin Ben Hosley, the Haas, poet laureate. Go on, the Ben Deucer, mm-hmm. producer Ben. Yep, the Peeper, the poet laureate. Right, Mister Positive, Kylo Ben. Hello, Fennel. Yep. The tiebreaker, uh-huh. birthday Benny, but not Professor Crispy. He's not. He's not Professor Crispy. He's not. Which Professor you tried Crispy. to name him last week. Yeah, too. but I, I'm very clear on that. That's not his nickname. We're not going to call him that. I'll make it very clear. I'll announce every episode that that is not his nickname. His name is Benjamin Hosley. Yeah. And in an ongoing series of twists, every week we think we know what our relationship is to him in this new miniseries changes again. Yeah. One week he's in the studio with us on mic. Another week. He's in the booth, but we can hear he's him. He's the voice of God. One week, he's got a fucking intern. And then he doesn't have an intern. Today, we have a walkie-talkie on a table. 
because we have this is huge. We have two guests. This is a first. We have yeah. two guests on one episode, and that has displaced Ben. He was right. he's the lowest on the list. Ben so that, doesn't have a like that anymore. relegates him out of the league basically. So we have a walkie talkie, but we turn the walkie talkie off. So if Ben has an emergency, he's got to storm in here dramatically. I think he's listening to us right now. Yeah, that's the best part, and yeah. he can't say anything. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you hear a door slam open dramatically, it's then Benny. the next thing that happens, one of us will pass over a microphone, and Ben will be able to announce something. Uh, two guests, and they are, one could say, cousins. Yeah. Within our UCB comedy podcasting network family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, brethren. They host a podcast that both of us have been on. Mm-hmm. And here's a twist. Not just podcast co-hosts. They're co-hosts in life and in matrimony. Because <laughs> sure. they're, they're the sexiest fucking couple I know. Ladies and gentlemen, Murphmeyer. Nikolsky of the Menage a podcast. Thanks for coming, guys. Hi. Thank you for having us. I thought you were saying we were cousins. I thought that's where that was going too. It's oh, like, you, you guys, you yeah. guys are sort of. I thought a blood who... test had been done, and I was like, I Jesus, let us, yeah, let us spill that uh, on our own show mm-hmm. rather than the, mm-hmm. that, that breaking news on someone else's show that we Spoiler, are cousins. We're, we're cousins. the twist corner over here. We're sort of the twistiest podcast in the. Oh, UCB this has been such a twisty podcast so far. So far, yeah. Can I also and, say uh, the peeper is my favorite name for hot. Peepers, great. Sometimes he's peeping in. Those little peepers. <laughs> ben uh, is also your producer. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was gonna, the first time he busted out the walkie talk in our podcast. I laughed for like four hours. It's yeah. a good bit. Yeah, it's, it's a, a really good, good bit. Where did he he get was like this screaming thing? at an intern through a wall. That was a fire sale at Radio Shack. No, that's a baby monitor. <laughs> yeah, oh, reference. Okay, Diana. See, this is these people. You can tell we're dealing with pro podcasters here. Pro casters here. Because that was a perfect segue into the movie that we're talking about today, mm-hmm. which is Signs. 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 The fifth film. Signs. The fifth film by M. Night Shyamalan. The third M. Night Shyamalan film, quote unquote. Right. Yeah. You know, once he rebranded himself as the master of suspense. But this is the fifth major motion picture that M. Night Shyamalan directed. And uh, we're going through all of them one by one. Now, I guess, you know, let's just remind everyone, you know, Praying With Anger. Student film barely released. Sure. Wide Awake, kept on the shelf. Miramax released movie. Released years later. Cut up. Yep. Right. Wasn't happy with the result. Sixth Sense, humongous. You might have heard of that one. Right. Yeah. I yeah. have not. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll get to it. It was big at the MTV Movie Awards that year. Yeah. I think it won. It's weird. Best, best scared of shit performance. <laughs> yep. That was a category for a while, right? Yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they weirdly qualified. Um, they they nominated uh, uh, Misha Barton barfing on Haley Joel Osment as best kiss. <laughs> Which no, I think they did not. They did. Wow. Apparently, the the people who worked for MTV didn't know what a kiss was. Most of their staff is 10. Yeah. They were like, mm, when I think about yeah. girls or boys, I puke. Yeah. A kissing is when a boy and a girl do a thing with a mouth. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, did she open her mouth? But that was like that. Munchausen by proxy. Yes. Yeah. Like, that was a very yeah. dark vomit kiss. Yeah, yeah well, it didn't Even win. darker it was than a dark just vomit movie. On. Yeah, it didn't win. Went to Cruel Intentions instead. Selma Blair. Oh, yeah. And uh, Speaking of a little incestual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, anyway. Six Sense is huge. One of the ten highest grossing films of all time. Gets nominated for like eight Academy Awards. Big thing. Huge. Comes back the next year with Unbreakable, a film that I adore. You like less. I like it? Yeah, you like it. But it was uh, big, you know, sort of, didn't lose money, but it was a huge financial disappointment in the wake of Six Sense. Topped out at under $100 million. Right. And didn't get any Oscar attention. <laughs> I think has grown in esteem since then, but at the time was viewed as like maybe he was a one-hit wonder. It was viewed as a classic sophomore slump, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. The classic fourth film sophomore slump. And then, no, I know what you're saying, though. I know, I know. We talked about it last it week. Right, yes. I wasn't making fun of you. I love you, David. You're my best friend. Yes. 
Uh, oh, I forgot to say, we're the two friends. Oh, yeah, we are hashtag the two friends. We're trying to get that going in terms of branding. <laughs> we think that's a hook that other podcasts don't have because, like, you folks, you're a couple. You're a married right. couple. You're not friends. Yep. No, we're, more than friends. And we're you're the, not there to make friends. Right. No. We're the two <laughs> friends. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, we're not here that. to make friends either. We only invite people who are already friends with me <laughs> in the podcast. That's great. But we think, like, people are like, oh, what podcast do I listen to? And if they hear, like, oh, this podcast has two friends on it? I think two that's friends. a, a big two draw. Friends. One and two. It's very inclusive, too. A lot of yeah. people have been in that situation where they've been the two friends. Yeah, I think most people can relate to being a person and having a friend. Anyway. I think it's <laughs> universal. We're the two friends. Our fans are called Blankies. Yeah. Uh, signs comes out uh, uh, two years after... Unbreakable, because Unbreakable comes out 15 months after. That's right. Science comes out August 2002. So not a huge gap, but there's a little time to sort of reset. Sure, sure. The public now has sort of like gone back to like, okay, we don't know. M.I. Shyamalan's not going to pull out a sixth sense every time. Expectations are more reasonable. A little bit, but also Shyamalan's like, all right, all right, all right. Unbreakable was a little too moody, a little too slow. Yeah. Not not a big twist, not like a big action-y, suspense-y stuff. I'm going populist this time. Right, let's make a big blown out suspense film like a fun thriller I believe this for the movie, whole family I believe this movie comes out the first weekend of August which we've referred I just to said, yeah, August, as August 2 yeah. the one sort of weekend in the summer the one weekend in August you can release a film and still have it look legitimate you get later into August you look a little a little gamey yep yep you know that's true but that's still sort of early the last, August you can yeah sneak you can in there. still sneak in there and if and if you're good you play through like August and September yep uh yeah he came out the week before uh, Austin members, gold member had just had come out the week before. Okay, so the dethroned so gold signs member knocked that off. Was gold member? Was that was that three? Was that the third one? The third That's the one. third one. And then Triple X comes out the following weekend, I believe. Uh, you may be right. God, gold member opened to seventy three million dollars. Wow, people were really hyped for yeah in two thousand two for the third yeah. Austin Powers for, the, for Austin were, Powers yeah. and gold member clamoring for it. Well, uh, I, I yeah, Triple X is the next week. This sure. is a stat I love. Just a little box off a sidebar. Do you know that? Um, Austin Powers in, in The Spy Who Shagged Me sure. is one of only two sequels in history that to outgross, outgross the, the first film sure. in the opening weekend alone. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. So Austin Powers, uh, International Man of Mystery, I think made $50 million. Yeah, it was, it was a sort of middling to nothing hit. Yeah. Spy Who Shagged Me did 54 opening weekend in 1999, which means it would almost be $100 million today. <sighs> wow. People were really weekend. into Austin Powers, including me. I was really into Austin Powers. And then the only other one is Pitch Perfect 2. <laughs> There you go. I think it's 60 million total. First movie, second movie did 68 opening weekend. Wow. Nuts, right? One fucking weekend. One weekend. Why are we not walking around? I mean, I haven't seen Pitch Perfect 2, but what's the what's the uh, behave? Like we were the <laughs> society was walking around for months only communicating and fucking yeah, in, in, catchphrases in, in, in from powers. Awesome power. yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know what the equivalent is for Pitch Perfect 2. I've gotten really into I don't know if this is going to stick, but I've been trying to sneak this in socially. I've been trying to use Shagadelic as part of my oh. my main vocabulary. Might recently, be time. But not do Austin Powers impressions. Right. Just be like, Murph, he- that's a very Shagadelic shirt you're wearing. <laughs> I think it's really funny. I don't know if it's going to stick, well, but no, I but think I it's think funny. Murph is right, because he's like kind of like- Murph is right. He's a very Shagadelic he's, man. It is a very Shagadelic, shagadelic shirt. Yeah. Um, but like he- he was like Borat was eventually the Austin yes. Powers, but who uh-huh. replaced Borat? Who is it now? Ooh. Is it what have we got? What's the minions? Is it the minions? I think it oh is. My. Yeah, you know, you always know like drunk uncle show up at parties going like, oh, blah, 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 Wait, drunk, drunk uncle, that sounds like I a said good drunk character. uncles. I know. Yeah, I, 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 I flesh that out. 
No, but I was trying to think of like who quotes like the big comedy movie and makes right. it uncool. It's your uncle. It's always the uncle. Yeah, uh, not, not my uncle. My uncle's very sophisticated. Um, but, but minions you can't really quote because it's like, hey, banana, banana. 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 That's I think my that's wife. <laughs> I just want to give you the five, the top five films when science science is opening weekend, just to give you a sense of two thousand and two. Can I try to guess? You're not gonna guess. I want to see if I can. All right. Well, number one is signs. Right. It opened to 60 mil. Great, great powerhouse opening week. Which I adjusted for inflation last night would be 90 mil today. Good job. Huge for an original film. Nailed it. Gibson. For an original film, humongous, yeah. right? And Gibson is top of the world. I'm sure we're going to talk about Gibson a lot, but Gibson is top of the world. Mel Gibson, the are there things to say about Mel Gibson? Is there <laughs> 2000, which was two years earlier than this film. Want, right? I believe yeah. he had $400 million grocers in one year. Yeah, I was just going to say, he must Damn. account for at least a third of the gross of yeah. this film. Well, he had, just yeah, him he, being he, in he, it. No, he only had two. No, well, he had three. He had three if you include Patriot, Chicken Run. I, oh, yeah. Yeah, I include the fuck <laughs> out of Chicken Run, <laughs> right. David. Right. He's Rocky, the flying rooster. Uh, no, I know. I, I get that you. Above the title, they pushed him hard. Yeah, Maybe the best performance of his career. Absolutely not. Chicken Run, though. It's a good movie. Chicken Run, though. Chicken Run, The Patriot, What Women Want. Yeah. And then he had, uh, in 02, he had Signs, and he had We Were Sold. I do? No. I thought you no. did. You guys drink wine? You're not no. a What Women Want fan. No, I'm aware that it exists. Who, who, oh, yeah. who likes What Women Want? Uh, Nancy Meyer. <laughs> yeah, it's a creepy movie. Uh, it's very creepy. Can I ask like, a question? What if Mel Gibson could read minds? That's not, like, women's mind. No. Diana, you can ask any question you what want. What is the M for in M. Night Shyamalan? Menage. 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 Menage a trois. Yes, radio. I just put that together. Every Wednesday. His, his first name is M-A-N-O-J. Yes. Oh, Menage. that's how we spell it, too. Yeah, yeah. Menage yeah. a trois. Menage You should change Have you had Shyamalan on your podcast yet? We have. Okay, good. All he right. seems like he'd be very open about his sexuality. <laughs> yeah. That guy seems Extre- very comfortable. There's always a open. twist, too. Yeah. There's always, in his dick. He's got a kinky dick. Yeah, yeah. that's the, t- the I'm twist. I'm like, his dick testicular literally has a kink in it. Yeah. Right. It's like a, one of those uh, duck dicks, you yeah, know, a corkscrew. It's a corkscrew. One of them duck dicks. One of them duck dicks. Okay, I'm going to guess top five, 2002. Number one, science. Sure. Number two, awesome powers in gold member. Right. Number three, my big fat Greek wedding. It's number ten, uh, nine. Sorry. It's number nine. It is at this point. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. So let me it's, see. It's gonna come back, I think, because it only right. has forty in the bank, and I think it made like three hundred million dollars. It only has forty in the bank at yeah. that point. So it's gonna just keep, you know, rolling on the Windex and the. I looked ahead. <laughs> All the two thousand two guys. What a year. Triple X comes out the next weekend. Sure. Is yeah. number one for two weeks, and then Signs comes back and is number one for the following three weeks, which doesn't happen that often. That you lose, you lose one, and then, yep. you come right. back. That's crazy. Actually, and and. Uh, uh, You're it, not going to get number three. Stuart Little, too? No, that's number six. You're doing pretty well getting, like, the generals. I'm in the 10. Okay, 2002. You're not You're not going to get it. Uh, uh, Blue Crush? Comes out the next weekend. Fuck. No, I don't know. Uh, Men in Black 2? No, that's number seven. Fuck. I'm pretty good getting things in the Give t- up. I give up. You know the summer of the 02. The Master of Disguise with what? Dana Carvey. You remember that what? movie? No. He played a turtle Certainly man. I do, but oh, yeah. I never knew it was in the top <laughs> box office. Uh, opened at number three, 12 mil. Not a bad number, I, actually. I think it, I think it might have, you know, that might have. It did. I think it ended up that. at 13 million. <laughs> what a fucking <laughs> talented dude to make yeah. that movie. What a weird I know. movie. And that was a passion project for him. At number four, this, which is why I wanted to do this, is yes. Martin Lawrence's uh, live comedy film, Run, Tell, Dad. Run, Tell, Dad. Yeah. So it was a weird time. I was going to get that one. Time. And yeah. what's number five? Road to Perdition. 
classic summer oh. movie. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Mobsters, rain, darkness, <laughs> murder, wife murder, child murder. The kids, the the kids got another couple of weeks before they got to go back to school. Let's, Let's get, some get this out and... in July. Yeah, we, yeah. Need, we need people to see this in July. Do you remember how overwhelming the merchandising blitz was for Road to Perdition? Oh, the tie-ins were out of control. I remember I was at summer camp and get every kid. Get your life-size trench coats. Well, you <laughs> Tommy guns. You go to Burger King. They, of course, had the Burger King tie-in. And at Burger King, instead of like the paper crown, they had paper like fedoras. Like yep. Every kid had a yep. paper fedora. And it was one of those weird like things. And they had a murder camera uh, for the Jude Law's character. It squirted yeah, water. Yeah. <laughs> those plush Paul Newmans that were uh, going around in the Happy Meals. Well, that was, it was nice. Wrinkled, wrinkled face. Yeah. Say, Authentic wrinkled face. It's nice to cuddle with wrinkles. You know, it adds some, some sort of some kick to your playtime, to your snuggle time. Okay. So signs opens, huge, plays big, hit. big throughout the summer. It huge ends up hit. 240, 238, something uh, like that. Wow, Griffin, you're really good. 227, uh, 400 mil worldwide. Adjusted big for inflation, hit. I looked last night, would have been 340 today. Great job, huge. signs. Uh, what's the, uh, just out of curiosity, what's the, what's the, 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 the formula for, for the inflation? Because you seem to have it right at the, oh, the tip you, of your oh, box office mojo. I, right as I checked Straight it last up. night, oh, no. box office mojo has a little thing you can use, and what they Point, do beautiful. is they just, uh, they adjust it by what the average ticket price was then and what it is now. Cool. That's what they do. So it's not an exact science because it's an average. Sure. Uh, but it would but make still a monster. something like three hundred forty million dollars. A huge monstrous hit. The second biggest huge song of his hit. career still. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, I think at the time of its release was one of the top twenty movies. Maybe I, release a I, point. I can't Cute. answer those questions Cute. for you. Yeah. But Time Magazine puts him on the cover. We've referenced this cover before. Yeah. He's staying Have in the cornfield. you guys seen this cover? No. The next Spielberg, they say. The next Spielberg. And he's got one hand on his hip and the other hand is pushing aside. Meanwhile, at stocks. this point, Spielberg is still making motion still pictures. Still making movies. Yeah, he just made like Minority Report. You know, yeah. he was in Catch Me If You Can. Yeah, this is, he has two there films in one year. Oh, my. Let's see. And he's in the crops. Wow. He's knee deep he's in, in the, the crops. crops. He's wearing like a ropey necklace, sort of mm-hmm. like a baseball player necklace. Yeah, it looks a little <laughs> less. Uh, it wasn't Time Magazine. It was Newsweek. It looks a little less like Newsweek, a Newsweek's sorry. cover and a little more like a like a Billabong. It, yeah, it I was gonna say he looks like a mall rat to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right. Nice. He was that, hanging out of like Quicksilver. Yeah, yeah. it's that like, crossover from the '90s to the early 2000s where the fashion was still kind of stuck in some sort of <laughs> mid. Uh, yeah. Is yeah. there a jungle yeah. behind him too? What no, that's the corn. Those are the cornfields. Oh, I see. No. Minaj was really, he was trying to get like a sponsorship deal with Life is Good at the time. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, so good job, Minaj. Cover a Newsweek. But yeah, I think this or movie. Time, like, no, it was Newsweek. You were right. I remember we were wrong. after I was a Griffin huge, was wrong. I was wrong. I remember I was a huge M. Night fan. I loved Wide Awake. I loved Six Sense. I loved Unbreakable, right? Sure. And uh, Unbreakable, you know, was seen as a disappointment. It felt like the bloom was off the rose. It's like, maybe this guy's not going to hit every time. Maybe his name doesn't have that much box office value anymore, you know? Mm. Just like Spielberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Right. The <laughs> well, bloom was off the rose bloom that was guy. off the rose at that guy. Yeah, that's why they said he was the next Spielberg. They meant the next guy to direct 1941. <laughs> um, but uh, this movie came out and did huge business opening weekend. You know, the trailers were very vague. It was a very basic premise. Farm, crop circle show up isn't an alien invasion movie, you know? Yeah, the po- the poster's just crop circles. Mel Gibson's face wasn't even on. No, you got his t- name. Right. But just, it's just, whoa, what if there were crop circles, guys? And, and we got Mel, and Mel, in a certain way, this is maybe the height of Mel's box office powers. I mean, I mean, he's been a huge star for like 15 years at this point. I think you this know? might have been his biggest film as a leading actor, and this is also the last film he makes before he takes like a, an eight-year yeah, retirement. Is, well, yeah. this is the last film he makes, I think, before he goes off to do Passion of the, Passion Christ. Of the Christ. And then he does Apocalypto, and he doesn't appear in and movies the, But that's again. also when he starts 
going Starts crazy. Running his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is where that, that, that yeah. Vatican II came back uh, hard for Mel. <laughs> I don't think he headlines another film until 2009. Uh, uh, you Top mean, lines? Are you mean uh, Edge of Darkness? Yeah, I think that was 2009. That's correct. 2010. Yeah. 2010. So, he, so took... he takes an eight-year break. Yeah, directs mm-hmm. two movies, one of which is humongous. Mm-hmm. And one of which is really good. Yeah, but he kind of goes out on top. Apocalypse is a rad movie. Apocalypse is so good. Yeah. So this is like the beginning of his by an religious agenda. Yeah. Weirdly, yeah, it's kind of an interesting. And he's a he's a former priest in this movie or minister. Or he plays yeah. a man That's who's lost the faith. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And he and I think I think Mel Gibson's life, you know, he's from Australia. Uh, is that it, explains it all. Yeah, <laughs> and and that's it. Uh, no, no. Uh, you know, I think he was raised uh, religiously. His dad, I think, is that was crazy. kind of a lunatic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A big fan of white people. No, not <laughs> yes. so much other people. Not so much anyone else. Not yeah. the Aborigines. Um, yeah. Nope. No. And the, the, but this is the thing. It's like at this point, I feel like Mel Gibson. Well, he's the guy who made like Braveheart and shit. Mm-hmm. But he's also like he's the prankster. Remember that used to be. He's like he smokes yeah. cigars and oh, don't you? He's always like making pranks. The and, wily Aussie. Yeah. yeah right. What's and, kind of interesting, and because, it was sort of yeah. then he was slipping into being like, I think that like gay sex is wrong. Yeah. Like, and he starts saying stuff like he's like still like, holding what? a cigar though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Like, Wait right? a minute. Yeah. What's interesting, like Lethal Weapon's the thing that really puts him over the edge. What a right? performance, though! Like that, that, I was gonna say, that's his best. That's his fucking best performance. But, I was so, just and also the Year of Living Dangerously. He's made so many good movies. But this is what I was gonna say. He's made a lot of great films. I mean, that's the, the, the interesting thing for me about like film history is that um, your like legacy. I feel like as a movie star is more determined by whether or not you were lucky enough to appear in good films and the quality of your work. Like, there are a ton of mediocre actors who will always be on that, like, painted, like, mural at the AMC theater. Yep. Because Because they were in three movies that will be watched forever. Right. Right. Whereas, like, I was listening to uh, Mickey Rourke was on Alec Baldwin's podcast, which I perversely love. Oh, those two. Um, Alec Baldwin's podcast is great if you want to hear Alec Baldwin tell every guest he has on that he was the first choice for whatever job they have. (laughs) (laughs) And not just when it's actors. Like, he had, like, Matt Lauer on the show, and he was like... Matt, I don't think I told you this. I was the first choice for today's show. They called me up and they said, Alec, we need you to. Like, everything is just... That's, that's insane. I turned it down. It's a great podcast. I love it. But um, That reminds me, I, am, I know this isn't a sports podcast, but we were just talking about this. Like, It's whether, very much not a sports no, podcast, but, but like, it is. Let's but do like, it. how good of an athlete you are to how many championships you have. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Have, how many rings you It's the team you were on. It's uh-huh. not, like, necessary, necessarily uh, your own individual, individual ability, you know? Yep. I think it's yep. the exact same, same thing. Same with a big movie. Yes, I think it's the exact same thing. I was I was listening to Alec Baldwin's Mickey Rourke episode, and he was talking about how Mickey Rourke, the whole arc of Mickey Rourke, that he was, like, the great American leading man. And then he, you know, self-destructed, destroyed himself, came back with a wrestler, and then immediately that wasted it all to right. do, do fucking direct-to-video, tax shelter, action films where he plays the mentor in one scene and gets $7 million probably of illegal money, of blood money. Um, but <laughs> I was like, you know, I, I was listening to, like, um, Baldwin go through all the great Mickey Rourke performances, and it was like, Oh, yeah, but none of these movies have really stuck around. Like, it's like, yeah. oh, Mickey Rourke right. in the Barfly 80s. Or, right, they were right. like, yeah. he was the most exciting leading man. Year and it was like, dragon. you're the dragon. Yeah. And what was the other one? Um, uh, Johnny know. Handsome. Okay, sure. You know? Right. But you're saying Gibson, he was in the right movies. He's got, like, Mad Max. He's got Lethal Mad Weapon. Max, two lethal, huge franchises. Lethal Weapon. Yeah. Right. He's got Braveheart. So he, like, directs, wins Best Picture, wins Best Director. Signs he's in, like, a huge M. Night Shyamalan movie that, like, whether or not it's like a huge, you know, classic in its own right. Big hit. M Night yeah. is an important enough part of film history that film will always be remembered and yep. watched. 
And Chicken Run, obviously. Chicken Run, which is the best performance, the best film Here, he was I, ever in. I just want to tell you one of the things. He said so many bad things. I've just been scrolling through his Wikipedia page yeah, of all the many bad things he's said over his career. And before you say this, I just want to go on record as saying this is a pro-Mel Gibson podcast, and we endorse everything <laughs> he has ever said. But now, please, David, read... <laughs> This, this is my favorite one. In a 19 I mean obviously we know he's been very anti-semitic, he's been racist, he's been abusive towards his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's been uh uh anti he's been homophobic. Yeah, but on um, the other hand he smokes cigars, David. He does smoke cigars and he's a bit of a prankster. He's a lively um, one. In an inter- in a July 1995. 95. So this is like Early. Braveheart year, yeah. you know. He's about interview to win with, best with right. Interview with Playboy. Gibson said Bill Clinton was a quote low-level opportunist and that someone was quote telling him what to do. He said the Rhodes Scholarship was established for young men and women to strive for a, quote, new world order, and that it was a campaign for Marxism. So he's doing so like he's a lizard slipping people thing. Into, yeah, yeah, he's already slipping into full-on insanity. I love how early that is, because people 95. think of him as like going crazy in his later years. Yeah. He's like always a been a little nuts, yeah. I think. Well, I'd like to throw and out a little theory. And he was raised, you know, I yeah. think a little nuts. I'd like to throw out a little theory right now. Maybe... Mel Gibson didn't lose his marbles. The internet just didn't really exist until the 2000s. Right. Yeah. No Maybe one was these, recording his These rants. quotes didn't circulate. He didn't have to talk as much. If he did a Playboy yeah, magazine. Was the, like, it was, there was no internet. There was no, yeah. Yeah. You jerk off. You'd read the Playboy interview on the toilet once. You'd throw I mean, you it out. You skim through it. Yeah. You skim. You're like, oh, there's the cigar smoking What's rascal Marxism? from yeah. Lethal yeah. Weapon. Just throw it in the and, and you might not even read the whole thing because a couple pages might be stuck together. You yeah. Know? You can't even get to the whole interview. Because of jizz. <laughs> because of jism, I say. And that teenage jism. But I was going to say what, what, what I think guy, is interesting, the weirdest guy. <laughs> what I think is interesting about Mel Gibson is, uh, you know, Mad Max, big cult franchise, sure, right? right? Yeah, and the, a lot of, like, good Australian, like, Gallipoli. Peter Weir. Peter Weir movies. Those, right, you're living yeah. dangerously. And then Lethal Weapon's The Breakout. It's his franchise. It's an action movie. Overnight, huge star. They make four of them, and he becomes, like, one of the guys. And a huge action star and a heartthrob and all of that. Um, yeah, and he's in, like, let's, you know, some, you know, Tequila Sunrise. Mm-hmm. Bird on a Wire. Air America. Bird on a Wire. And, you know, and in Hamlet, remember his Hamlet? Yeah, yeah, conspiracy. And Forever Young. Yeah, the man with no Maverick, fears. which is Maverick fun. was a fun movie. Maverick, fun shit. Maverick, though. Jimmy Garner and yeah. Jodie Foster's Jody Foster in that. Was fun in there. Yeah. He and Jodie are close. They love They're each other. They're still pals. Mm. They're like, because he was she in The Beaver. That chemistry was, yeah. was yeah. palpable in Maverick. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then he makes Braveheart. He wins Oscars. Yeah. And it makes a shit ton of money. He makes uh, Ransom, which is a huge hit. Right. And oh, give me back my son. Give me back, give me my, back son. my son. He makes Conspiracy, conspiracy Theory, which theory is, you know, was, fun. I, it should have been better than it was because I wanted to like fun it. Fun 90s movie. Yes. Yeah. Like, yes. in retrospect, very, very fun in 90s. He mm-hmm. makes uh, Payback, which is a little grim and gross. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then uh, he's got your Chicken Run, your Patriot, your What Women Want, your We Were Soldiers, these sort of stirring action movies. So he doesn't make a film in 2001. He makes three in 2000. No, he makes The Million Dollar Hotel, oh, which we're right. not going to yeah, talk we're about. We're not going to talk about. Of the, and, of uh, the newer uh, signs, yeah. NAM movies, I, I thought he was, uh, We Were Soldiers, I thought was one of those better of the, the newer NAMs. I've never seen that one. I've never seen We Were Soldiers. It's, it's actually, it's about I the remember, first. Uh, uh, right, the original Original incursion. boots on the ground kind of thing. So. I remember Sam Elliott in the trailer saying, Custer was a pussy. Remember yeah. that? That's a great line. It's a good well, friend. We Were Soldiers is our Murph pick of the week. Hey, We Were Soldiers. <laughs> I, in, I watched the making of a documentary, as I was telling you guys, off yeah. mic. And uh, yeah, apparently he was about, he had made We Were Soldiers right when he came to sign. So okay. he was in this We Were Soldiers mode, Shyamalan says, and he was like showing it around like the White House and to like, you know, USO shows or whatever. So he was in like Patriot mode. Yeah. And I think Shyamalan was very, obviously very intimidated by Mel Gibson like before the movie started. Sure. Well, because you know he'd been making movies with Bruce Willis. Yes, that was. It seemed Obviously, like that was his they guy. had a bond. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. But I here heard, he's going in a new direction. I heard, I don't know if I'm misremembering this, but I, I believe this is correct. And I wrote the part for Clint Eastwood originally. Oh, that would have been good. It's a little old. Little, really? little old. I think that's Mel why. Was it was already, already pushing hard it. to believe yeah. that they bit. were brothers. Yes. No, he's like 19 years, years older. Yeah, 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 it's crazy. I think that's why they didn't cast Clint Eastwood. But in his mind, he was like, that's the American archetype, the stoic. Well, how's Clint Eastwood going to have an Abigail Breslin-sized daughter? Again, yeah, I that, think, get I off think my lawn why. to the aliens. <laughs> that would be good. That would be get off my crops. Get off my corn. I think that's why he wasn't cast. But sure. That was well, the sort Gibson of also it strikes me as like he's the kind of A-list star who, if you can get him, you're gonna at this point in time just make you're it work. Do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of those great all-American Australians. You know. Yeah. It's yep. true. He's technically American. He, I think so. He yeah. was born in like upstate New York and then moved to Australia when he was like. So he could seven. be president. He could be president. Thanks. Okay, yeah. I just want to make it very clear. Murph and Diane did not just high five. Right. They each took out two fingers and then just <laughs> smacked the two fingers together. <laughs> That's how we do. Cool. It was like they were doing the Hunger Games salute. It was. With it was force, a, but it made no sound. Um, I think it's really interesting to hear about all the box office stuff in the mm-hmm. lead up because I was never aware of signs and didn't really even know it existed, except for very abstractly, yeah, well, until I was asked to be on this podcast. You and had then last seen night it I watched until, it. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Have so you seen all this other Shyamalan movies? Like, have you seen only The Sixth, Sixth Sense? Sense? Sure. Right. And right. only in theaters. Right. Wow. And then so after I'm that, not... he just he left, you know, Honestly, you and he like, parted ways. I was stoned at a party once and the happening was on and people were just falling out of windows or the sky or something. Yeah, at the we party. Just, <laughs> that sounds bad. We were just laughing. <laughs> yeah, like because yeah, yeah. that people movie so was such a joke that. at that yeah. point. Yeah. Like yeah. so I think I just had this vague idea that M. Night Shyamalan just kind of fell off, but right. I didn't I had no actual evidence yeah. of that. This is his last movie where he is like the, the it hasn't been shattered yet. Like the bubble is still pretty solid around him yeah I mean, I we can so. say sure unbreakable was a little bit of a dip for him yeah. or whatever great but job. time's been kind um, i almost knocked over a mic but like and this movie was a huge hit and yeah. he was still just like seen as like oh yeah the master of the suspense guy. now what this movie doesn't really have is a twist Mm-mm. you know what no. though i thought it would because of sixth sense the whole time we were right. watching it last night People i was were screaming going in, I think, he's dead right. he's, he's not alive <laughs> that, he's this is all a video Everyone game is dead. i said yeah. it was a video game yeah, one like point, five times at one point Diana well, it's a little video gamey at the end there we'll get to that i, yeah. I also thought there was gonna be a twist i just want to i just remember yeah, what's your what the mel gibson point i was trying to build up to i, I saw this movie with this girl hey congratulations i was 16 years old i saw this movie with a lady too any diddling her name was Antonia Dauphin. She was my mommy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, boy. No twist. Hey, hey, yeah. Murph, <laughs> that know. was the twist. That was the twist. Um, no, I just Mel Gibson point I was building up to that I forgot to say. The thing I find interesting about his career is Lethal Weapon, uh, for lack of a better term, weaponizes the sort of repressed insanity with him as a man. It's a guy who's suicidal. Break, yeah, and down. the whole point of that movie, the hook to like Lethal Weapon is like, the one guy might be crazy. Got nothing to lose, yeah. And then other than that, most like Mel Gibson movie star movies don't let him be kind of unhinged. Like no. Mad Max mm. was mad. Lethal Weapon, he was crazy. Yeah. And then he starts to like over the years become a little more and more stoic. And signs he is very stoic. What he they're is. asking mm-hmm. to do is be like a rock. Mm-hmm. Which is not quite in his wheelhouse. I'd say the no. casting is interesting for this. Yeah, I thought he was terrible in this. Yeah. You thought he was terrible? I, I don't know if... No, like, see, I... I it, liked him. It felt like overacting to me. I saw this last night for the first time. Every yeah. look he gives is like, this is a podcast, so sorry, but he's like... Like, it yeah. feels like everything that was like a, is overdone. A great eye roll and yeah. facial contortion. No, there's contortion. no he's subtlety. Got, he's got these, like, real wrinkles in his forehead, and he's, like, you know, really working them every time the yeah. camera's on his face. Well, what were you going to say, Griffin? Uh, no, he does He does have, like, old leather purse face right yeah, now, but it looks right. kind of great and dignified. I was saying, I mean, this is what I'm finding difficult to decide, okay? 
I saw it at the time. I thought he was good in it. I thought sure, he was Sure, you weren't walking out being like, Mel Gibson. Right, but I think I said, oh, <laughs> Mel Gibson. Good Mel job, Gibson. but I wasn't a particularly big Mel fan outside of Chicken Run, so I think I like him more, you know, just Griffin, a, do you like Chicken Run? <laughs> yeah, I like Chicken Yeah, I mean, You're obsessed a, with it. Well, no, we all, it's a movie. We're all, I've we never all love seen movies. It. I've never I've seen, seen it. It's good. Run. It's a good fucking it's movie. It's a fun I haven't film. seen it in years. It is a very good movie. Cannot recommend yeah. it enough. Uh, it's, it's better than Signs. I'll say that. No question. So you leave and you feel fine about Mel. I went, oh, good good performance. Good enough. I loved Bruce Willis after seeing him in the two Shyamalan movies. Mm-hmm. I didn't really have much exposure to Bruce before that. Became converted after that. Got deep into his filmography. And Breakwell was like, man, great performance. And he had Die Hard the way Mel had Lethal, Lethal Weapon, Weapon. Yeah. before they came stars. to these like quote-unquote artsier films it's for true. them. He you dips know? into the yep. 80s action yeah, stars. But I'll, I'll say this. I walk out of... Six Sense and Unbreakable, and I go, I got to find out what Bruce Willis is about, dip into Die Hard, right? Mm-hmm. I walk out of Signs. I don't think I saw Lethal Weapon until years after that. Oh, no. really? I didn't feel okay. a need to go into his thing. I went, oh, that's Rocky the Rooster. He's obviously one of my best friends, but he's okay in this, right? The first Lethal Weapon film I saw was Lethal Weapon 4, so I was already intimately acquainted with. I saw that before the other three Lethal Weapon. Interesting. Because I was just a Working huge your way Chris back. Rock fan. Yeah, Detective yeah. Butters. Yeah. Rock and Pesci yeah. just off the rails. I yeah. was just like, this sequels. cast is loaded. Jet yeah. Lee, Chris Rock, we're going to see this my favorite scene in lethal weapon 4 is when there's like some like conversation happening between like pesci like uh glover and gibson and they're just talking about like the case or whatever and then like chris rock walks by in the background like hitting a cell phone and he's like man i can't get these cell phones to work and they're like really and then he just does fucking chris rock's four minutes on cell phones yeah well, I mean, I think that was when they were just like, this Chris Rock guy is everywhere. Yeah. We got to just get him in the movie. That was the excess of the 90s. It, yeah, it, it was. was just kind of like, hey. Well, and it was also back when like comedians would make poor choices and their agents would be yeah. like, it's a million bucks. You're just going to go out. You're going to do 10 minutes. You're just going to go do 10 minutes on the set. Do you remember how the Lethal Weapon 4 trailer ended? This uh, is well, a big you mean him tangent. running around in his underwear? So there was only one trailer for Lethal Weapon 4. I remember it that. had them running around their underwear. Yeah. Warner Brothers didn't have a big blockbuster that year. It was 1998 for the summer. So they rushed into production, and okay. they were like filming it until like a month before it came out. So the trailer so, like, that's was like all they had. one set piece, which they showed, which was like Gibson convincing Glover to go out in his underwear. And at the end of the trailer, after they like threw out all the names, it was just a shot of Chris Rock direct addressing the camera, and he just goes, it's me, Mel Gibson. I might look different, but it's still me. Good old Mel Gibson. And I remember at the time being like, is this movie that meta? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And it's not. No, it's not. It was that they it's literally only they had, had nothing else. They had two minutes of, of footage at that point. <laughs> so like, they were like, let's get Chris, Chris to say, say you're Mel and people yeah. will love it. In theaters, July 17th. Like, also, whatever this is the uh, this is a photo I grabbed of the uh, the Lethal Weapon 3 pinball game. Now, the artist great, did some great, really work great. On, on, on Rene Russo and Mel and, and yeah. Glover. But take a... Push in on, on Pesci. <laughs> oh the God. artist either ran out of time, they got a different died, and they yes. had someone else do it, or he's got an axe to grind, because that's like Pesci's that's like cousin with oh Down syndrome. Oh, my God. Yeah. He looks like King Koopa from Super Mario Brothers yes. or something. Yes. It's terrible. He, he's, that's a bad. Like a burn victim. Yeah. Like a it's a bad man. portrayal of, of Pesci. Wow. Anyway, so that was, that was, that was, that was, our, that's our take on Lethal Weapon. Right. Oh, Lethal oh, Weapon yes. Force commercial and the pinball machine from Lethal Weapon 4. Now, yeah. Diana, I find what you said about Mel Gibson's performance very interesting. He felt like he was overacting. Mm-hmm. I did as well. He's doing a lot of fucking eye work. Yeah. So much eye work. Like he's Too doing much. A lot of eye bugging, a lot of crazy eyebrows. 
But do you think that was that Mel was miscast, or do you think that Shyamalan pushed Mel really far, or do you think that Mel's just not that great of an actor and has been in great movies? Like, what do you think that I think actually Mel's a is? Great actor, but he's an overactor. He, he is. always has been. And well, in this kind of intimate setting, where it's basically it's all it's all chops because it's like it's. It's Independence Day, but in a fucking in, from one in family's perspective farmhouse. in a farmhouse. So because we talked about this, like um, Joaquin is in the same movie with the same director, and you don't walk away being like, "What the hell was he doing?" In no, Joaquin's right. great in this. Movie. He's he great. Is great. Yeah. He, so he's then doing I think some it's Mel. Interesting stuff. So is the one, one of those like Colkins and Breslin? Yeah, like, the, 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 the children have more to do. Than right. Abigail Breslin is phenomenal in this movie. What she is. is she? Four years old? I, well, I want to get. I want. I just want to talk I have to talk about that because we'll talk about it later. But the making of scene has this great moment about Abigail Breslin. Anyway, carry on. Sort of the structure how we've been doing these episodes. We talk at the performances, then we get onto the movie. Okay. But um, uh, Gibson, I was watching it last night and going, I feel like he's really bad in this. I feel like he's pushing it too much. He's pulling like crazy faces. What's going on here? Am I now viewing it through the prism of knowing everything we know about Mel Gibson, looking for signs that he's losing it? Looking for signs. Looking for, looking signs. for signs. Are there Is any it, crop circles in those wrinkles? I don't think that I was, though, because that to me feels very far away. I agree. Like his sure. rant. And right. also, I just had, I felt very separate. We like hit the vaporizer and just watched this movie. I felt like I was in a vacuum. Like, yeah, sure. I didn't right. think like I went in wanting to hate Mal at all. Yeah, I actually wanted him to be more subtle. And then that's why it kept bothering me that he was like, I felt like he's, he was just giving too he's much. He's unsubtle. Yeah. But I, wh- all right, look. Every one. other actor in this film is on the exact same wavelength. Though, which exactly. makes it kind of tough. Yeah. I was Mel apologizing a little bit after we watched. The cop it was amazing. I'm, a, I'm with Murph. The cop's amazing. Cherry Jones. Cherry Jones. I did yes. think so cool. the yeah, first she, little, she all of her things she says are like mini monologues. And the first one I like thought was awkward because the movie's like purposefully yeah. a little awkward and like sterile. And, yeah. You know what it's I mean? A stagey, but yeah. by the middle, I'm like, I love her. She's like a great theater actress. She, she played yep. Meryl Streep's role in Doubt. She won the Tony for that. Oh, wow. She originally yeah, she's, she's yeah. won an Emmy for 24. Yeah. You know, the way she's... she delivered the news about the wife oh, was yeah. like incredible. That's it's such a How do you even thing to say that line was the most yeah. ridiculous line I've ever right. heard? With the and pinned she was line? Yeah, she's, yeah, she's, yeah. she's alive when she yeah. shouldn't be. Yes. <laughs> like, like, she, kills, she kills that it's scene. It's amazing. And you know what? I would actually say that's the one scene I think Mel really kills. Because his weird, like, conflicting bottled emotions actually work well for that. I think it's a guy trying to keep his cool while, like, something insane's happening. Yep. When the he says the, the line, out I think the line, this is yeah. the last conversation I'm going to have my wife, is he great. delivers the shit the, out of Because that. it is such a silly line, but at yeah. the same time, like, you know. Yeah. I don't know. There's a weird plausibility to the fact that he'd see, like... I get what you're saying. I need to yeah. say it out loud. Like I, I don't know. But, I like but Mel in this I movie. Agree. I think I every other scene agree it, with Diana, but still like them. Every other. I don't think he's bad in it, but every scene All it right. feels like is he about to crack? Well, and it doesn't right. feel like that's what the movie's about. No. Now this ties into this. If point. he played it straighter, I think that kind of like dry, subtle humor that they have throughout would have hit so much harder. Well, he has a lot I of think humor. when he I felt like he was winking movie, to me, like and yeah. doing crazy shit. The movie has this goofiness. Yeah. Yeah. That tonally, it's, it throws it off a little bit. Especially the town scenes, like when they yeah. go to oh, town. Yes. Yeah, and but and like, like and Merritt Weaver, a young Merritt Weaver, is right? the yeah. is the drugstore employee who's like yeah. a, confessing to him. And Showalter, as and, we said before, and what, the what a cameo! Show- oh, I forgot he was fucking in that yeah. movie. The army dude, handsome, was a David oh. Lynch character. That, guy, that was, was so crazy. out of place. Wait a second, it You've was got so two out of place, don't you? Yep. He's got that great line where he goes, "You should be somewhere getting your toes licked by a beautiful by woman." A beautiful <laughs> I wrote that down. It's crazy. It's crazy. Who is that guy? I don't know that. Let's find that man. I didn't. He is a Lynchian. That guy's. Fifth build in the movie, which is makes he? sense because there aren't that many. I mean, you go Mel, Walk, and then Cherry <laughs> no. Jones. Uh, oh, the kids are real Breslin lower. Cherry Culkin. Culkin. 
Um, and then I think split card. His name is, is Ted it, Sutton. Ted Sutton. I think it's then split card between Abigail Breslin and the wife, and then he's split with someone else. Okay. The All wife right. was split in half. Hey, <laughs> Diana. Yeah, the wife's lower quarters were played by someone else. <laughs> Diana, I would like to award you seven comedy points. Thank you. Um, this movie is not a twist movie, as you said. You go into this film, Sixth Sense, very much a twist movie. Yes. Wide Awake, fucking twist movie. Unbreakable, you know, it, it's got an ending that's surprising. The whole structure of the film was sort of twisty. This film is very straight down the middle. Twistless. Yes, it is. Yeah. And, it, and as you say, it is, it's It's kind of like a weird, like, independent state, but on one farm. Like, yeah. you know, a lot of yeah. shit is clearly happening in the world in this right. movie, but we're not seeing that. You're seeing really. a very, we're just very seeing the farm. small. Yeah, I like Which that they made pl- it more of a thriller, a yes. Yes. sci-fi feeling. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely more. Th- it was, it was, it was. Yeah, Hitchcockian and kind of even uh, mm-hmm. uh, Spielberg. Uh, and since he is the next Spielberg, yeah, it's very it is. poltergeist in a lot of ways, where the creepy moments are there, but they they really slow burn it. A family drama yeah. and a lot of just sort of like odd energy scenes where it's like, what's going on here? But I do think I had not seen this since I saw it when it came out in theaters. Sure, maybe Same. opening weekend, second weekend. And I remember the first time my viewing was, okay, where's the twist going to be? So you're looking at all these different elements. You're looking at things like that Mel looks like he's a little unhinged, you know? Mm-hmm. You're looking at things like the water the glasses water. and the, the asthma. All these details that he's calling attention to. The and dog I go, murder that no one cared about. Right. That, that scene. <laughs> yeah. Literally no one ever spoke of it again. No, it was just, yeah, kid I, had I, to kill his dog and we're moving on. All these little details, I'm going, okay, so what's the th- what am I supposed to be keeping track of, you know? Because yep. like Sixth Sense became such a big thing after the time. Oh, if you see the color red, that means there's a ghost. So I was like looking at the visual language and it's like, what's he setting up here? And then the twist is almost that there isn't a twist. Like no. he's sort of doing this meta commentary on like, yeah, is he? Well, I don't think he is. But you're right, though. They were like, "Are there aliens?" Yep. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's exactly. He's like, yeah. "You think this might be a hoax?" And then, like, about like an hour in, he's like, it's "Definitely it's not, not a hoax." Yeah. Right. It's a hundred percent. And there's that world aliens. thing yeah. happening where right. it's the, you know the yeah. TV we hear a lot of, and then there's right. the water. Yeah. Shit, of course, which I guess is that considered a twist? Some people said that was a twist. Well, I if you're going to call them? something yeah. a twist, I guess it's that they're vulnerable to water. water. I remember watching it the first time and being a little annoyed, and I don't think I was able to verbalize that this is what it was at the moment as a, a 13-year-old or something. You know, I just I had six pubes. I couldn't formulate the thoughts. Wow, congrats. You know, pubes are where ideas come and from. Half a dozen. Um, Half a dozen. Uh, But uh, I remember feeling like, Okay, where's this water thing going? Where's this water thing going? Oh, the water thing is there so that they have water glasses that they can knock over to hit the alien. That's, that feels yeah. a little convenient. Mm-hmm. Well, but the whole well, point the, of the, the movie. Abigail That's, was a yes. genius, yes. and she knew to like fake her water. But that was issue? that was yeah. that was the rewatch this the time. The whole point Not of the movie is that then. God is present in this man's life, right? Well, yes. And when Mel is chanting, holding his dead son before he comes back to life, um. Your lungs were closed. That's why you have asthma. Yeah, it's right, like, right. give us a little fucking Yeah, yeah, credit. come on. Yeah, that's yes. the problem we with the movie. Together. It yeah. gives us no, no credit. credit. Yeah. Well, he's a bad writer, I think we can say. He's an amazing visual director. I feel like his scripts are pretty dog dick <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> no, at that, times. That, that, and that's another I, thing I mean, why I'm I, I apologizing think, for Mel, because it's hard with some of these fucking lines. Yeah. I, I, I don't disagree with you. Please I think stop that, calling me father. I can't hear my children. Like, it, it's like terrible There's a lot of stuff like that. I think this movie... And Unbreakable had a little of this, and this has a lot of this. Uh-huh. Everything is serious. Wait, which movie? Um, Unbreakable. Uh, yeah. Um, everything is serious. Yeah. Everything is delivered like a pitch down the middle right to the camera. But then sometimes and, like, Mel and like, Walker. It's like, obvious. Yeah. Sometimes Mel and Walker are like fucking dumb and dumber. 
Like they got these scenes where they're like, let's run around scream, and the whole scene's supposed to be like, oh, we're laughing at these goofballs being goofy. Yeah, I yeah. love yeah. when they were running around the house. It's Comedy, yeah. I laughed at that. When he goes, we're gonna whoop your ass. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's great. like trying to t- tough talk. Right? I, li- I like that great. scene where Joaquin piles all the like the bags uh, to block the coal thing, and then he puts the, the, the can soup on camp. Top. That's a yeah. good little gag. Oh yeah, funny. Yep. Um, well, my my point was that like the all these elements that you're looking at, being like, where's the twist? What's this building up to? Are in fact just transparent, like like uh, dramatic devices, yeah. right? The the bat on the wall, like all these things. And the point the movie's making is like. Oh, this isn't a formulaic, like super, like um, uh, crafted movie. This is a movie about how some higher power is putting all the pieces pieces right. in place so that yes. everything right. can it's work not out. Chance. Someone's watching. I right. am Night Shyamalan. Am God. Right. Yeah. And yeah. if you are unaware of the theme, just you don't even need to watch the movie. Just read the script, the, the pages where he first has that conversation with Joaquin. Yeah. And it's very clear as to what all that is because he lays it out in a way that. Right. Pretty it just seems, yeah. not only shows it to us, which is the cool part in the visual storytelling, yeah. but he then feels like, you know what? In case you didn't pick up on it, I'm just going to have Mel Gibson shows flat it. out they say. They do have yeah. those, yeah, those ping pong dialogue scenes that are really, yeah, just. They're just right. not natural. They're, yeah, yeah, they're a manifest. Nothing in the movie is natural. No, which not even I'm the okay characters. with yeah. because at yeah. least well, nothing it, in the movie. It you felt more that. like storytelling and less like reality, which yes. I'm fine with, but I still think a little subtlety goes a long way. Like, mm-hmm. I thought I would hate this and I kind of liked it. I did But too. every time, especially towards the end. Ben? Ben? I think we picked up someone else's. Turn that shit off. I don't know how to turn it off. My God, it's the aliens. It's the aliens. It's the aliens. Because, yeah, there's the uh, baby monitor scene. I was just going to say, every time I wanted them to pull back, Mm -hmm. like, 5%, he, like, laid on 10%. And that just makes you, like, walk away being like, nope. We talked about the one visual uh, in particular earlier about the the, the cross no longer being on the wall. Yeah. Right. How much mud... M. Night Shyamalan had them sling at that to be like, yeah, we, we see To it. make sure there used yeah. to be a Look at this on one clean yeah. spot. And I try to be like, oh, man, you know, those those farms in Pennsylvania, they get a little dusty, you know, it yeah. might just be a... No, that was no. like sharp. But the rest of the... Yeah, they but, just drew an outline around it. But we it. should talk about, like, this is the fourth movie he's made now. Yeah. Where about a person who's grappling in a crisis, with a crisis of faith. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, like, it's like, just like Wide Awake, it is a movie that's very specifically about someone who has lost their Christian faith and then he's be- a Hindu man who grew up grew up going to Catholic schools. Right. I think is very important. Yeah. Yep. And and at the end of this movie, like his faith is rewarded like explicitly. It's like God like exists and it has a hand in and is a fan faith. of yours. Yeah. Well, he yeah. Has right. to actually, yeah. you're one of the chosen. He's rooting for you. And I am God, M. Night Shyamalan. And but like and in this movie. In Wide Awake, yeah, this movie is very wide awake. Very. In Wide Awake, There's it's that this scene little where boy. Mel right, is shut up. Brushing his teeth and he's asleep. <laughs> it's it's a scene. That's a Wide Awake reference. In Wide Awake, the kid lost his grandpa. <laughs> yes. In this movie, he lost his wife, but he's yes. blaming all like God is responsible or not. Not. It's more like when he lost his wife, he's like, oh, like you know, there's no higher power here. Something yeah. this terrible, this bizarre to have happened, like. How could this, you know, how could there possibly be a divine presence in the world, right? Like, yeah. that's the inciting incident for this whole movie. Yeah. And uh, and then at the end, he's like, yeah, no, it turns out I put the collar back on. You know what I don't yeah. get about it, yeah. though? This is probably me, like, knowing nothing about religion. But I feel like if you were that deep into your Christian faith that you were a minister, that, like, your wife dying would be horrible, but wouldn't make you question your faith. Because the only thing you preach all day long is like God has a plan and the good comes with the bad. But I think that's that's where, that's where. But he's... if you still have two children you love and like, yeah. I, I just 
I don't know. I, to me, like even though that's horrendous, I'm like, then what okay. the point was? I almost think it makes it more of a more of a monumental break from the faith, though. If you were yeah. someone who was yeah. that, be- and, yeah, and yeah, it is, it's like I, I believe there's a plan. If but if, if this somebody is the plan, dying though you. makes you question it, you shouldn't be a minister because sure, sure. you're well, you're dealing with people who have know, that shit happen every day. Yeah, this is all right. So the pivotal scene in this movie, in my opinion, is the scene where he eats the mashed potatoes and he cries. Yes, yeah. yeah it's the they best scene hug. in the movie. That is yeah. the best scene. I, it's I crazy. Yeah, I mean, Diana's making a face right now where she's just like, "What is the matter with David right now?" <laughs> no, that was a, that was a scene. Uh, that, but like, right, that's the scene where it's like this whole movie. It looks like he's about to just snap, he, like snap. Right. He's going to yeah. start killing he's people. He's going to scream at his kids. Yeah, and then he's like, "Look, we're going to fucking eat. Everyone's going to eat their favorite food, right?" So I can't even remember. One of them wants mashed potatoes French and toast. French toast. Walk yep. wants uh, spaghetti. Uh, Abigail Perez wants spaghetti. Uh, Walk wants teriyaki chicken. Chicken teriyaki. You, which is, okay. Yeah, chicken teriyaki. He, he lives in Bucks in County, County? Yeah. You're not going to get any good chicken teriyaki. <laughs> Dummy. And uh, I can't remember. Does he want like a steak or something? What does Gibson want? Without, cheeseburger. cheeseburger with cheeseburger. bacon. Extra bacon. With bacon. Without going to the store, though, he just had all of that? Yeah, all the ingredients. Look, all of it. Look, that was distracting I mean, he's, for me. he's prepared. Yeah, the yeah. teriyaki is the one that's a real stretch. <laughs> <They> Juicy <laughs> spaghetti, yeah. French toast, potatoes, sure, fine. They do hard cut <laughs> from everyone naming their order, which I almost thought was a joke scene as like in The Sixth Sense when um, Tony Collette's like, and, well, and then I won the lottery. Like, right, the yeah, joke yeah, is yeah. like, we can't eat anything, so let's pretend what we would have in a perfect world. And then, and then like, no, we made to, it. like, shot a teriyaki bottle I on wish the counter, there was a shot of shot Gibson, of bacon like, in a bowl. making French yeah. toast. Yes, like, a little montage even would have went a long way. But it, it cuts instead to a montage of the ingredients splayed on Split, the table yeah. post-cook. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, so he's doing this insane... Thing. Yeah. He's making them eat their favorite food to distract from the fact that aliens have invaded they the earth. They're all going to die. Like, it's like a last meal yeah. reference, yeah. though, I think. Right. Yeah. I think yeah. that's, that's it. sort yeah. of the idea, yeah. right? And then he screams at Culkin? Is that? Is he screams at his son? Yes. Yeah. And his son basically is blaming him. He said, for I his hate mother. you. Yeah, I hate you. Yeah. And, like, you know, from the mother's death. And then he like breaks down and he just drags them all they into all, his center. When he grabs first, Joaquin, see shirt? that's another joke. That's another Shyamalan little winky joke. But which before is he breaks down, he's like eating and crying. Yeah, mm-hmm. which uh, I, I'll say the making of. I, I really am into this making of documentary <laughs> yeah. that I watch. Shyamalan says like it's really hard for someone when they're acting to eat and cry. And I didn't realize that when I wrote the script. But it's it's two different like <laughs> two different things that you have to do. So he was very impressed with Gibson for getting that down. He eats and cries. Yeah. He does a good job. I feel like a lot of people do that all the time, though. Eat and yeah. cry? I feel like if I start crying like he's crying, I'm like, all right, let's. I'll, I'll get to this food in one second. Right. Yeah, why would you actually continue <laughs> I don't to shovel to bites right into your mouth? Yeah, My when tears you're are mentally... the appetizer. This is the main course yep. all in due time. So yeah. that was where I was watching this movie, and I was like, yeah, this movie's really goofy, and it's, like, super unrealistic, like, yeah. you know, and it's sort of, like, and then that I, that scene really got me, and I thought it was great. And I was like, "Yeah, this is what this movie. This movie's about this emotional breakthrough that he has to make, right? About his yeah. wife being dead." And then there's like a lot more movie, and there's like an ending that's bad. Yep. Well, let's let's go yep. back to the beginning. Let's and track this movie a little because yeah. <laughs> I, well, I, do we need to track it? I kind of do. I, yeah, go it, ahead. It of won't course. take a lot of time because this movie is kind of like it's very straightforward. It's very straightforward. But I know Diana has a lot of notes about the very beginning of the film. Okay. The opening credits I thought were garbage. Mm-hmm. So you've worked, let's just for our listeners, Diana, you've worked in graphic design. Yes. Uh, you've you've design, worked. You've done book covers, posters, illustration. You. Right. This is an expertise of yours. Right. Right. So I feel like they were trying to mimic the like telescope kind of thing, but they came in so soft with a vignette that it looked like an old movie. Mm-hmm. So the beginning of this felt like a romantic movie from like the 1940s. Yeah, the font. Like it was it's so unfitting. Letters. Right. And they're it's so blue. 
Yeah. yeah it's very different letters. color scheme than the rest of the Dusty film. Dusty blue. And there's yeah. the serif font, which feels very old-timey and classic and, like, mm-hmm. romantic. So, to me, it was very, it just was a bad match. Yep. The music's kind of hitchcock Well, yeah. also, yeah. Yeah. Big hitchcock. if I remember yeah. this right, at first the, the letters are just sort of fading on screen, and then they start, like, going, like, smashing yeah. onto the like, screen later. Like, right. Like, it's like the music builds to more tension. And M. Night Shyamalan is film is like, an M. Night Shyamalan film. And then when they get to the credits, it's like, Mel Gibson! Rory Culkin, like they're like yelling them at you. It's true. They're like pop. So you didn't like really... those. I agree with you. Also, there's a powder blue background to them. That's which just is distracting. It doesn't odd. have to be great, but if you're going so far genre, why mm-hmm. not match the genre? Yeah. I know. Like it's it was. Odd. It pissed me off. Also, the color palette of this movie is like the greens and greens. browns. Are, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Blue is like a color we're not seeing any of. No, in it's this a, movie. it's no. a very autumnal sort of yes. you know, American yeah. movie. Like mm-hmm. yeah. It's Amber waves also, of green. Also, yes. the time period with which it was set was, uh, I would say, early 90s. Does that feel right? I don't know. Oh, when is this movie when is set? Yeah, it's set. It's a fair question. But they had VHS. They had, yeah, they had radios. VHS. Do you like, see anyone with a cell phone? The town no. that they're in no is real old-timey. Real That's true. Old-timey. Bucks County, I, I, I've been there. It's, right. it's probably you're, 10 you're, years you're behind. You're a Pennsylvanian, yeah. Murph. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. That's good. We, we got, we've got, we're getting Pennsylvanian guests. Yeah. I like it. I thought it was like 90s. Yeah, I because felt like it was pre-internet. Yes. You're watching everything on the news. Well, no Michael Showalter, so that it must have been that character must have been he just got off the state. Right, he's playing Michael Showalter in the film. He's straight right? up playing yeah, Showalter. Yeah, right. yeah. just you know ha- heckling. Joaquin's. The character's name is Michael Showalter. Michael Showalter. <laughs> I was like, Go get a fucking failed CBS. His name special. is actually <laughs> Lionel Pritchard. Yeah, well, he's the guy that they keep on saying. I think it's Lionel Pritchard and his boys. Yes, they they think he's I the didn't one. Put that together. Yeah. So them, he's yeah. playing like the bad boy. He's yep. playing yeah. like the the sort of rough element. That was so. You also got Diana, the, uh, the strikeout record, huh? Um, I also wrote down Bad Children of the Corn. But that sure. was in like the first 10 minutes. Well, that's yeah. when the kids have gone missing in the cornfield. Well, yep. another thing that really bothered me is there was a path in the corn, but instead of using the path, they kept just running through the corn. They, yeah. run, they run fast. <laughs> There's no time for paths. Can I say something I really like about this movie? Yeah. It, it just gets straight to the point. It does. It's got these credits. Well, what I like about the movie, yeah, he wakes up and he's like, something fucked up is happening. There's That's like, like the first scene in the movie. There's yes. like no dialogue for the yeah. first like four minutes. He wakes up, he goes, he sees the kids. Then it cuts to walk sitting up in bed, mm-hmm. guacamole. And he's like looking and he's freaked out too. Then they both run out. He's living in sort of the barn next door. Mel Gibson runs out of the house. They meet in the lawn. They're looking. They're like, where are the kids? What's going on? They run out to the fields. Directly then, through the corn. Right. Yep. <laughs> But the opening of the movie is just like they feel it in their bones something's weird. And it's Culkin has to be like, um, check it out, buddy. Crop circle, oh, yeah, crop yeah. Circle. Look, you know, well, look over here. Because they're both out there, right? right? That's what yeah. it is. So that's yes. the thing, yeah, yeah. They look in the rooms, the kids are Which is another there. creepy children in the corn kind of thing where the two kids are just silently staring at And they were like the trance-like. Yeah. They were like, there's right. something in my bed. I need water. Like it Breslin's felt like they were that, yeah, under sort monotone of Monotone robot voice. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that's like She's a minute so cute, four or five. And then right. Sherry mm-hmm. Jones comes in and the next scene is like, oh, how did this happen? And it's just the two of them yeah. trying to figure it out. And, and they're they get like, into oh, like, is it the bad boy? Is it Lionel? Detail, <laughs> yeah. Is that Showalter kid? Did Showalter come peeling up on his Harley? I'll tell you. I mean, I was so, I still am, but was so obsessed with What Hot American Summer at the time that this film came out. It was like so my like secret movie because I had to like show it to friends because yeah, no one of had course. heard yeah. of it. Yeah. That I was so thrilled when Michael Schwalter came on screen that I think I probably had a tough time paying attention to the rest of the movie. Yeah, it I was jarring to me this time around yeah. when I saw it. It's it was crazy hard to, that he's yeah. in it. It made no sense. No, he's he's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, but he's silly again. Joaquin does that thing where Joaquin kind of flexes at him and he, 
Show yeah. was just like, mm, mm, you know, like, we all just flinched yeah. Yeah. for the it. listeners. It yeah. is weird because he like didn't really do any dramatic acting other than this. Like, it's not like he was one of those guys where it's like, oh, before he was a comedian, he showed up in a lot of movies playing like, you know, nope. Oh, it's like Margaret Cho and Face Off. You know, it's yeah. not like that. Yeah, <laughs> it's oh, like man. Margaret Cho and Face Off. Great performance, but it is it like was. you watch him in this, you're like, this is a total one off of him being in a movie it, like this. It's yeah. true. I can't find many other examples. Never like, again. Like, going through no. his like, was, his... did he ever even do like a Law and Order earlier in his career? Well, he was in of Sex in the City. Oh, right. Mm. Let, uh, he's in ca- Kissing Jessica Stein, but that's... Yeah, that's a small part, too. But then that's a comedy. It um, was a comedy. L- let it not be unsaid, very handsome in this film. Yeah. Handsome dude. Handsome yep. guy. He just looks goofy to me, but I think it's because I, <laughs> I just saw this last night for the first time, yeah. so I'm just sitting there thinking, like, comedian, comedian, <laughs> right, comedian. Like, right. when he popped on screen, I was like... What the? Like he's also he's no Murphyre. I mean, let's. I mean, no. call it. Who no. is? Yeah, yeah oh. right. There's one. There's only one. No, he has like that big hair, and it's the same scene with the insane army recruiter guy. Yes, yes that was. So it was also hard movie, to get your bearings in that I thought scene. The movie had just taken a total left hand <laughs> turn at that point. I yeah, was like, you were stunned at the uh, at when that the that cadence recruiter. with which that guy talked was insane. And your no, that scene is yeah. bizarre. You're cross cutting between that scene and Merritt Weaver having the emotional breakdown at the pharmacy. Like it's yeah. like. Yeah. Three really hijinxy, not hijinxy, but no, like, they are. Well, the, and then, well, and then also I think the right token yeah. in the bookstore, and the guy's like, "Soda yeah. ads, it's all about soda." Oh yeah, all that character happening yep. are very like sort that of surreal and heightened. Mm-hmm. Hala- the one where he goes thirteen, and she goes soda. And the ad, <laughs> yeah, the ad is I was just laughing. For soda. I thought yeah, that yeah, it yeah. was actually a crazy conspiracy. I wish they pushed yeah. further in that direction. Yeah, that it was just a whole. That could have been soda. That's the twist. That was very funny to me. One thing that's weird is that Rory Culkin checks out a book about aliens and that the book seems to contain all knowledge of what the actual alien invasion is. That's yes. exa- I said, yeah. I was like, now, okay, so aliens, everyone agrees, this is a real thing, this is happening. Sure. Now every quack who wrote a fucking <laughs> alien book is now just... And he's right. His theories are basically like aliens could be peaceful or they could be hostile. Well, yeah. let's let's just say in the time between the scene where Cherry Jones comes and is like, they're bent. They're not broken. What? No machine could do this. And the stuff we're talking about where they go into town and they have their three silly mm-hmm. side adventures. Right. Essentially what happens in the 30 to you know 25 minutes in between is just the kids are like, think something weird's going on here, and Mel tries to rationalize it. Yeah, and yep. he's like, don't watch TV. Don't listen to the radio. Right. Yeah, now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Watching it for the first time in theaters, I was like, I don't know what's going on. M. Night's not going to make it aliens. He never shoots that straight. It's going to be some wacky turn. Yep. Not a twist. He's going to go in an unexpected direction. Yeah, sure. right. So the whole time there was all this tension to like, what's going on? What is it? Watching it again now, I was really bored through this section before they go back into town. A little Because bit. it's like, get, except that they're aliens, Mel. Yeah. Like, Mel and Walk are just like, no, it has to be something else. And it's like, well, fucking blue leg. You saw a blue you leg. You saw you're, the blue leg. You were in a cornfield, and like it was a, yeah, a lady in a leg. fucking like old Looney Tunes cartoon trying to get a guy yep, pick her like, up on the side of the road. Yeah. It's like one leg sticking out, like a nice gam. Nice little gam. We, like we, we, we were around that. Flirtatious. We had a 10 minute conversation about we that gam because that leg looked really sexy, it right? Did. But it, it was looked, very human looking, which was my Other than the issue. foot, they just blue. The foot is like a web situation, yeah. it looked like. Yeah, but Murph was like that. It wasn't like a tentacle. No, no, no. It was human enough to turn you on, but then when you actually get into it, amazing like, form, like really strong muscle definition. Like a runner. Yes. It was like yeah. a runner's leg painted. Yeah. It was. Turquoise. Yeah, it was like incredible. Two things. Why does the lady know exactly where that book is in the bookshelf store? 
She's like third shelf, that's, second that's book. Movie it's so logic weird. For oh, yeah. she right? also that's said, a guy hailing a cab when she, he gets out of a bank or whatever. But that yeah. was very. I felt like that was a joke. She also because they're in a huge bookstore and she like knows the exact Amen. quadrants. Diana, I want to remind small town. you. Small town. It's a small town. They go. Do you have any books on aliens? And the guy's like, no. And then she's like, wait, there is that one book. They shipped it to us by mistake, but we never sent it back. And I know exactly where well, it is. You don't need to justify having that book. Yeah, you no. can just they go, do. I think there's something over there. Check yeah. in that section. Instead, they're like, it's the mythical faded book. Everything is faded. It's going to be a faded. twist. Yeah. But there's also, in the book, of course, there's this fucking picture that they look at. Like, they're going through all the different And that was creepy. The picture is a yeah. house so that looks scary. exactly like their house. It's cool. Yep. And then on the lawn outside are an adult man and two children. On fire? Dead. Weren't they on yeah, fire? Dead. No, the They're people like are dead. The house on is on fire. Yeah, they the look like burned. The second thing, and Mel Gibson's like, "Oh, it looks like our house." Like it's like he doesn't have like a big. It's reaction. not a big reaction. To it. And Abby no. Breslin goes, "Those are our windows." <laughs> like she notices the windows. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. The second thing is when the cop is like talking about women in the Olympics. For like Love an it. hour. Love that, it. That, that's, yeah, <laughs> that where, was where, so where Mel Gibson's like, well, oh, no, yeah, no human could run this fast. She, and she's like, well, you know, women Olympics, they run this that fast in the Olympics. Yeah. He's like, well, he jumped. Oh, long jump. That's a that's an event in the Olympics. I think like, a, a, in the Olympics, Scandinavian, I believe she calls house. it. Scandinavian Olympic. It's, it's, it's a, like after a while, Mel Gibson's like, okay, well, barring an <laughs> Olympic athlete. And then her like last line, her like closer, her button on the dialogue before they cut to a new scene is like, just saying, got to keep all possibilities open. Yeah. Which makes you think like the movie's going to explain why it's not aliens. And yep. instead right. it's like, it's gonna be, no, it's just yeah. aliens. No. That section I found a little tedious to watch. There's yeah. good craft on display, but it's like, we know we've it's okay, but then let's push through. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So they go into town. They get the book. Joaquin Phoenix thinks about signing up no, for the they, military. The town is exposition time. Yes. it's everybody gets some filled in stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah, you see Shyamalan scurry away. Oh, right. You he makes Shyamalan. So M Night Shyamalan plays Ray Reddy. Uh, Ray Reddy in this movie, which is the person who fell asleep at the wheel and killed uh, Mel Gibson's wife. Now, this is one of the two things I think that keeps this movie from being an A in my book. I will I, say that. I it's certainly his, it's do not cameo. disagree with you. He's not helping matters. Yeah. He's fucking terrible. And this is yeah. a meet, This is a role. It's a good role. Think about this. Yes. And yeah. this is the moment where you could see Gibson trying yeah. where they have their interaction finally, where you're just yeah. like, this character needs, this is not a throwaway. There's a lot of cameos you could have it, in this movie. It's a this doesn't need to be one of them. thing where Gibson goes to his house. Yeah. And Reddy's he, he in gets the a car. Phone call. He gets a phone call. Yeah. Yep. He goes, Father? And he goes, Ray? And he hangs up. And then he starts to think, maybe Ray's responsible for these hijinks that have been happening around me. Because he still right. thinks it's hooligans. Yeah, sure. So he goes and, to yeah, Ray's hooligans, house. Hooligans, crop circles. Yeah. And yeah, he goes to Ray's house. Ray's but outside. But he's a veterinarian, which is weird, too, because yeah. they've already oh, set up right. that all the animals are turning on people. So you uh, expect yeah. that, yeah. and then there's nothing about yeah, there's that. There's no. nothing on there. There are a lot of breadcrumbs in this movie that you think are going to like. No it. bread. No bread. No bread. Breadcrumbs to just an empty... Kolsky. Thank you. Um, he goes to the house. Ray Reddy is sitting in his car. He's, he's been attacked. He's got a small wound yeah, on his he's side. Been hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's like he got a far off look in his eye. And yeah, and he's still he's just burdened with guilt. Now, in Praying with Anger, M. Night Shyamalan's first film, M. Night plays a uh, a young man with an anger problem mm. from Philadelphia who's sent off to try to reconnect with his heritage in India. And study there, right? Mm-hmm. And they keep on going, this kid's got a temper. He's got a bad problem. He used to get in fights. And he has the scene where he gives the explanation of, like, it's not true. There was just one time this guy was getting in my face, and I pushed him, and he happened to fall down the stairs, and he got really injured. And it's, like, a freak occurrence. Like, I didn't mess him up that badly. Luck was so 
made the accident yep. look worse than it was. And I feel like the speech he gives from Al Gibson where he's like saying like, never fall asleep at the wheel. I think if it had been a second earlier, yeah. I just would have hit a car, like a tree. Yep. She, the only reason my, my life was saved was because she was walking by at that moment. It's sort of a weird inverse of that praying with anger speech where he's so. like robbing himself of any culpability. And he's also saying like, look at destiny, how it like, that's the thing. It's a scene that's about life. like, yeah, you know, all these things are weird and connected, and like it's there a is scene some that should have been played by an actor. Yes, yes, that's the thing because yep. it could be a dynamo scene. Think, yeah. just thinking about the table is set for the for the stakes emotionally of this moment where this man confronts and all this other shit's going on. The was... world's crumbling around him. There's aliens now. All everything is fucking. There's up. aliens now. So like alien. in the making of, yeah, M Night says this is very important to him that he played this character, mm. and he wanted to. Why come? Well, I, I, all he really says is like it's just he really he was really interested in, in like going further, you know, and doing more as an actor. No, well, I think that means like acting, you know. Yeah. I hear I I'm I'm an A plus director, A plus writer, A plus producer. Uh. I gotta try acting. And he says that in that scene when they were setting up the shot, Mel Gibson was like, "Oh, you're you're in this." <laughs> <laughs> And, and and Knight was like, yeah, yeah, I hope that's okay. Like, like he was, like, a little nervous. He also says a bunch of sad stuff about, like, his grandfather had just died, so he was trying to, like, channel those emotions and stuff like, that's you know, like. well and good, but somebody's got to say no. I mean, this speaks uh, to the blank well, check of your podcast. Thing. This is the thing. No one can say, say no. No point. one can say no to this. But, but this arc of him using But I just love the idea of Gibson being like, uh, oh, oh, oh you're, yeah. you're gonna, you're in this. You're, you're this guy. It probably was like the line of logic too. He's probably like, oh, that's weird. Like he's, a, he's a pretty big name director. He's standing in for the actor. That's, <laughs> yeah. a, that's odd. He's yeah. gonna stand in for him. Oh, that's a good guy. Yeah. Is he the same height as the guy? Interesting. Or are they yeah. gonna fuck up the lighting? Yeah. Um, <laughs> first film, he is the lead, right? Praying with anger. Sure, he but plays that's explained away. You know, come on. I mean, I know, but yeah. I'm just looking at the arc of this, right? Okay, it's your first film. You have a little interest in acting. You want to test it out. It's Makes cheaper. Sense. You make yourself. Five jobs in one. You don't trust other people with your with your material. I kind of know what the fuck it is. It was very autobiographical. All that makes sense. Wide awake, he is not in at all. Six sense, he has one solid scene where he plays a doctor. I think he's perfectly fine Fine. in it. Yes, that's the kind of director cameo. If you want it, that's the one you go for. He's mostly delivering exposition. He's playing a guy who's straight business, straight talk. (laughs) All right, let's not go too deep into his. Okay, but I think he does. (laughs) Yeah, good work. Unbreakable. You you said that in behind the scenes, like you read some interview with him where he said that he he regretted to his parents. Oh yeah, and then he regretted. Yeah, yeah, that he cast himself as a doctor because his parents were doctors, and it was a reference to that. But that he regretted casting himself in the film because he thought it was distracting. So then the next film. Smaller role, okay? Unbreakable. It's, it's silent role. He yeah. sees the guy. He goes, excuse me, sir. He gives him a pat down. He goes, I was wrong, right? He thinks the guy has a gun. That's that's the scene, right? It's like half a second. It's a nice little hat tip to us, nighters. nighters it's a Hitchcock The Knights of like Shyamalan, am, yeah. right, okay? And then this film, he's like, you know what? I think it's time to give myself. He's the sixth oh. lead. Yes. Yeah. And it's, it's yeah, the family, this... then Cherry Jones, then him. Like, it's yeah, again why important. I want to apologize for Mel, because here's a moment, and it's all, I mean, every fucking yeah. thing is just about walking away from a movie to be like, yeah, it was another movie about aliens, but the moments that could have been there. That could have yeah. been an interesting, where you're like, Mel, what, do you, what have you got? You're facing this guy. I feel like Mel tried, but what he the looks, hell are you playing? He off? looks non He was still waiting looks, for the actor to yeah, show yeah. up the whole time he was doing that fucking scene. A good scene. character actor in that weird role would have just been Would have been great. Awesome. Yeah. And Michael yeah. Showalter. Showalter, for, <laughs> yeah. Showalter would have been <laughs> well, really good. M. M. Night, be the, t- be, the yeah. be the tough guy, the the the, the town bully rascal who uh, yeah. everyone thinks is 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 to blame for these crop circles. But don't be the the, the guy who that so, is great that the film presents, like, the two crazy guys, these hooligans, well-known, like, rebel rousers in town who might be causing trouble are 
Michael Showalter and M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah. They're just like doing this. This town is really rough around the The bad boys of cinema. <laughs> so they're eating at the diner, and they look out, and they see him, like, sheepishly get into his car. Right. Yeah. That was, like, the first hint of that guy. Mm-hmm. Then he gets the call. So he, like, goes to Cherry Jones and is like, what's up with Ray Raddy? She's like, I don't know. Goes to his house. He's bloody. He had just tussled with an alien. Well, then he says managed the to end, get it in the, locked in the cupboard? Yeah, he goes, whatever you do, don't open the, the pantry. Scene. Don't open the pantry. It's yeah. Like, it's like, wait, why are you telling him what to do? Why is he going into your house? Why would anyway? you assume he's just going? Yeah, exactly. Because Mel that, Gibson's like a cop. Right. Then <laughs> Mel does okay. proceed to go in the house. Yeah, goes in the house, pretends to be a cop. One of the more effective scenes I think of this tension. Is the, this yeah. is a great scene. Yep. And this is a great use of uh, film language. It's all about he gets a big knife, and the he's reflection. trying to use the reflection yep. of the knife under mm-hmm. the door to see it. And so you're only seeing what he sees in the reflection. And the camera's just covering. It's really fucking well done. Yep. It's so good. And and he does. I like the comedy of where he's pretending to be a cop briefly. And he's like yeah. making faces while he's like, I'll get the paddy oh, wagon. Yeah. He's like, oh, And he keeps wagon. on going yeah. and then that walking I away and then like. coming back. I like After he says paddy wagon, he mouths paddy wagon. Yeah. That's a perfect instance of just how like a look would be better. Yes, I agree. Of him like rolling his eyes at himself. Um, you know what other moment I find supremely effective, although at the time of seeing it, I was like, that's the scariest thing I've ever seen in a movie. And watching it this time, I was like, that's good. Which is? Uh, the Mexican birthday party. Oh, I love that scene still. I do too, I but I, so I used to cite that as the number one scariest scene in all of cinema. Okay, well, that's not. Because I had seen <laughs> seven movies at that point, whatever, you know? But I think that scene is really cool. That scene because is incredibly cool. Yeah. It's set up with like. This footage is disturbing, and so yeah. you're like, "Oh, is there going to be like a dead kid?" Yeah. You know, you're thinking the like, expectations this is be are so weird high and yeah. gory. It's also and, before like, a lot of those. Uh, you know, this is before Blair Witch. Yes, uh, no, no, no it's after. This after, but, but it's that before that found real. footage there wave had, yes. came. Of yeah. there hadn't been shit. many copycats because right. even Blair Witch Two was not found footage, and then found footage as a genre didn't really pick up again until Cloverfield. Cloverfield, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. but it, but it had that effect. I think yes, it was a hundred percent. And here's the thing I like about it a lot. It's building up all this tension. You see the kids' faces. They're looking over the window. They're all looking at something. They're reacting to something. They're screaming. It's in Spanish, so you don't know what they're saying. Right. They Portuguese. presented it. Portuguese. They present it as being frightening. Brazil. Um, Brazil. All, the, all this stuff is going on. And then the kids go, ah, 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 And they run over in a different direction. The camera moves over, and you're like, what's going on? What's going to go on? Is something scary going to happen? They're looking. You see across the street. And then the speed at which the alien walks by. Yeah. The obvious thing to do would be to have the alien run by really quickly. No, but it just sort of sidles by. It yeah. can also go really slowly and start creeping towards the camera. It just walks by at a casual pace. Very casual. It's well, very blurry, then, very out of focus, and somehow the scariest of all realities. Yeah. Well, I think it was it was an important moment for me the first time seeing it because it's after that gam, after we get a peek at that, you're what wondering, would I lay down with these aliens? It's the first <laughs> time you now know for certain I wouldn't fuck okay. these aliens. Because um, you see them in full body. And well, I mean, they're also, it's just not for me. They're kind of CGI me. blurs. They're not, like, there's not a lot of definition to like he tries to cut it both ways because yeah. on one hand he like made these alien CGI the CGI I don't think exactly where it was where they needed it it's really fucking bad I even remember it being bad at the time it's not even that yeah. no, it was bad. No. Jar Jar Binks is better than this that should have yes. been yes. a puppet we that's what we said that was the second thing that ruined this fucking movie for me because they were so human-ish that didn't need to be CGI I don't know why they're not puppets put somebody in a cool most of the time he's showing them in shadows in silhouettes even there's one clear yep. shot. Right. Yes. Reflections. Oh, um, the TV reflection is a really good. It's so good. Yeah. But there's like good. the one clear shot where you see him standing there holding. He could be she. Look at me being heteronormative over here. <laughs> uh, but um, there's this uh, 
The one lifeless shot. kind of yes, body. Yes, yeah. lifeless Kieran Culkin in his arms. And that one shot, you sort of get a full body. But other than that, even after that reveal, they keep on going back to you're seeing him through the window. You're seeing reflection. Yep. The alien's out of focus in the background. It's like, well, if you're not going to show it in that great detail, especially now rewatching it, like, because the first time you're watching it, you don't know if it's going to be aliens or not or whatever. But even when the first, at the beginning of the movie, when you see the alien up on the roof and it's in silhouette, I'm like, yes. I can tell that's a computer silhouette. Yeah. And why not just put a guy why in Why not a make fucking, a real fucking silhouette? You know what I thought? Because you know, the there's no weird shape you have to It's like to you're really with. good with your camera, man. Like fucking, you're, you're, you're a good visual director. Just get a practical a thing up there to the shoot. Shadows. And I'm sure you can light it well and I'm sure you can shoot it well. And if you even need to, for one shot, CGI up the fucking actor's face to make it look more alien okay, or whatever. Yeah. Here's why they didn't do it. Why didn't because it's camouflaged and because they have that scene oh, the where at the oh, end where yeah. his skin is matching. Now, I'm not saying this was a good decision, right. but I think they were like, well, we have this one set piece where yeah. the alien is in full view and it needs to change color and shit. But you know what I th- thought at the end was they had that great scene where they were like, oh, the ships are still here. They're just invisible now because uh-huh. the bird had died. Mm-hmm. So when I was only seeing him in reflections and never seeing it. And I thought for a second it was invisible and they just saw the sun like levitated and they knew they haven't really left because they were like, they left, they left. And I was like, that's so slick if we can only see him vampire style, like reverse. Yeah, and yeah. But then you just see him yeah. standing in the living room and it's like this terrible, <laughs> shitty he does, CGI. Like, he like sprays it. Oh he my does God. A bunch of business. Like, and then once again, they need to, they, they need to insult our intelligence. Or even just the, the our attention span to go. I was they show the fingers cut and we're like, yeah, that's the same alien. Yeah, we, we get we, it. We, yeah. Oh no, wait. Now we got to oh, flash yeah, back flash to back, showing yeah. and cut yeah, the we, fucking. Yeah, that was so twenty minutes ago. Exactly. That alien. wasn't even that long yeah. ago. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even think it mattered that it was the same alien. Make it a cool little thing where you'd be like, oh, if you notice the fingers and you go, it's the same alien. But yeah, yeah. otherwise, what's the what's the? But to me, what's scary is aliens taking over everything. It's not that one that you met. A couple days yeah. ago, right? Yeah. I, you? Like, I who think cares? he wants it to be like there's, there's just only one. the alien. Well, like, no, this they, is so small. They say like, in the yeah, news report right. that the aliens had some sort of toxic gas. They, that people in small towns they have packed found it up and some solution, some way to fight them, but they don't know what it like, is yet. So it's them with garden the news, hoses. yeah, good, yeah. good fucking. But that's news great. Report. The news is going. Hey, apparently there's a really easy way <laughs> that people with no means have found to kill the aliens. We don't know what it is. More to come at eight o'clock. Right, exactly. And then they say it seems most of them have left, although they have left behind some of their injured right. on this planet. So right. I think so, the idea is because yeah, this guy's missing injured. two fingers, but he right. can't give the shocker anymore. They have Jesus. to leave him on Earth. Yep. They're running a tight ship up there. He's still going to stick two in the pink. <laughs> you need that one in the stink so badly? Come on. We, I think you just did a shaman. We got it when you said he can't do the shocker. <laughs> I'm going method. <laughs> um, I wanted to say another wide awake connection is that uh, Joaquin Phoenix watches TV under the stairs, just like in Wide Awake, the kid yeah. living under the stairs. Why does Joaquin Phoenix go go into the TV to under keep the, the kids from watching the news? Because oh, it was upsetting. Of course, right. You know that's what I love it, about right. it though? There's a scene where Mel Gibson opens the closet and grabs his coat out like it's a normal closet, right. yeah, and yeah. then later Joaquin puts his head yeah. out, yeah. and you're like, he's still in the closet, guys. Yeah. And uh, I do it's like funny. I do. And, and the making of Shyamalan said like most of the you know because I think the reason the scene we were talking about the TV scene mm-hmm. works is not just that it's really cool, but then Joaquin like reacts like yeah, really strong. so good. Goes yeah. way into the coat, goes into yeah. the coats. Yeah. And apparently he did lots of reactions and eventually Shyamalan was like, go into the coats, go all the way back. <laughs> and Joaquin was like, really? Like you want me? But it, it's, it works, it's good. You would have that reaction. It would be that freaky. Uh, do you know, uh, Mark Ruffalo was supposed to play this part. He'd be great. And he Joaquin's had, great too though. Yep. Mark had, Ruffalo should have played all of these parts. Yeah, he should have played Abigail. <laughs> Shyamalan's part. <laughs> Um, he had Show like a, a tumor, and he um, uh, sort of didn't do movies for like two years. And this was like right. the first. This one he was right out after of. he had been 
like, and Yuki Kami and was yeah. like a new star. And then, yeah, he vanished. He's about to be the guy who disappeared for a couple of years and he later revealed that he had, he said at the time it was an ear infection, but it was in fact a tumor. And that's why he's got the sort of Stallone mouth right now mm-hmm. because they severed some of the muscles and part of his face mm-hmm. removing it, which I think has only made him more interesting as an actor. It gives him I a agree. Lot I more love character. Ruffalo. Mm-hmm. He's great. But um, Ruffalo's great. He would be great in Andy's parts. He always is. But I think Joaquin was actually really, really good casting for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think the size, his ability to be understated and to go big in certain be, moments yeah, like that. Because he can be a good ham. Is yeah. the right pitch. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, this is Joaquin's weird period. Like, post-Oscar yeah. nom, post-Gladiator. Right. But, like, it's when he's making, like, Ladder 49. You know, he's yeah. making these, like, kind of bad movies for no good reason. Well, he's like a leading man, but, like, of no But they no don't know what to do with no, him. No, they don't know. So yeah. it's before right. Walk the Line, which is, I feel lead? like... <laughs> walk, walk the line cements him in his new status, which yes. is like this is like one of our premier actors, yeah. right? Like, yeah. and he does art movies. Yeah, but before you know, those like six years, he was, yes. just, it was, and he's in two Shyamalan movies, right? Ladder Forty Nine. What, what is Ladder Forty Nine? Ladder Forty Nine is a fireman, bad fireman movie. movie with John Travolta. Yep, or as I like to call him, John Travolta, because he was the voice of Bolt in Disney's Bolt. <laughs> Wow, Whew. Bolt about yeah. the Bolt. It stinks it's, in here. Yeah, it's no chicken run. I don't like it. Um, I like Bolt. Oh, come on. It's okay. David, come on. Uh, yeah, but he's in Buffalo Soldiers. He's in right. Hotel Rwanda. Right. And he's got a weirdly uh, small part in Hotel Rwanda. He's a cameraman in that, right? Yeah, he's a voice yeah. in Brother Bear. Disney's he was the Brother lead Bear. voice in Brother Bear, David. Anyway. He plays the titular bear. Who <laughs> Sure, is a brother to another bear. Maybe the maybe sister his little bear. brother is the titular. Anyway, so I think the denouement bear. of this movie is pretty fun, right? Do we agree? The suspense stuff. Are we still talking about yes. signs? No, yes. we're talking about brother. Bear. <laughs> um, I mean, like we like the knife scene. Agreed. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, also, Shyamalan was making a stew before he left because there's like every kind of cut up vegetable, <laughs> and none true. of them have oh, been eaten or used. True. It's true. like he got oh, out of there in a hurry. He overstages things too, though. It's yep. like a very visual. It's pretty, but it's weird sometimes. Yep. Yeah, it's I, I like people uh, uh, going for it. Though. No one eats that many vegetables. No, no, no. Living alone. Come nope. On. Well, he was cooking for two that night. I think. I think he had a friend over, and his friend just lashed out. That's the other thing. Gibson tries to talk through. This is what's interesting, which is probably a bigger theme. But I think so. The aliens can't communicate with us. No. They could read our mind potentially. They click. They click at us. They click at us. They, click. Yeah, like they do Africans. read our minds. You see them like summon images out of people's brains. Almost. Yeah. But but uh, but as far as what they know, other than watching the the news, uh, and Joaquin kind of went into a rabbit hole. It seemed like he was up all night watching, being like, "Here's what they." Yeah, but I feel like there's. Are we just to believe that 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 they're definitely here, not as friends? That they're here just to take over the planet? Yeah. Well, they throw out conflicting thoughts on what it is if they're trying to take over our planet, if they're trying to harvest the resources. Us. Yeah, yeah, or the you humans. know, do yeah. they want our place, our home, or do they want us as as the movie does not want to go into detail? They about kept this. saying no. harvest us, but what does that mean? Like organs, like just, yeah, intelligence. They want to eat us. They want to use yeah, us for batteries. Into protein goop, like uh, Jupiter ascending. Um, I, I, we got, we got to talk about the kids a little bit, because these gotta are talk about the kids. Really fucking good performance. They asked a lot they of them, amazing. and they delivered. Yeah. Shyamalan no, once again puts a lot on yep. his kids. He always yeah. has kid actors. You've got Rory Culkin. Yeah. Uh, the third Culkin. Yes. Is he the third Culkin? Yeah, I think there's maybe an oldest one who doesn't act. Well, I mean, you know, it's, Macaulay, it's Macaulay, then Kieran, Kieran then, then Rory. Rory. Yes, right. correct. Yeah. Rory was great. Uh, he's and this is after he done. You can count on me, which right. is wonderful. In yes, that's a great movie. Uh, and uh, it is before he's done Mean Creek, which is also wonderful. Mm-hmm. Can I tell a quick uh, little side story? 
Uh, I went to the same school as Rory Culkin, but the year after he left, and he was like a, a little guy who was pale and and like movies, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so for my like first six months of being there, they just called me Rory because they were like your replacement, Rory. Yeah, you filled the void. And my one friend Jack used to be like, man, he even smells like Rory. <laughs> Which I thought was such a weird comment, That's but he said weird. it like multiple times over the course of that year. Hmm. So uh, I apparently smell like Rory Culkin. I don't know if that's still the smelled case. Like smelled Rory like, Culkin. yeah, maybe I uh, maybe I smell the same. He went put on some fancy. He got some musk. But he got some musk. He had only been in Richie Rich, where he played young Richie Rich, very young, and Richie then uh, you can count on me. I so think he, he played, was still I think he a new actor. Literally baby Richie. Rich I believe you. Rich. I mean, it's ninety four. He was yeah. born in ninety. Oh yeah, Macaulay was was, was eighty nine. Oh, so then he was probably he was a kid. kid I just know there's a baby at the beginning. Of the movie. Um, but anyway, so he's great. Yeah, I think he's good. Excellent. I, I think Abigail Breslin's amazing. Kind of transcend it. it. Yeah, Brings it's like it. hard. Holy yep. shit! And what she's four? In this? I think she's five. Nuts. It's that also that scene where he wants to record over her ballet, and it's that just scene between is great. Them. And it's she's amazing. like my ballet recital. Yeah. Like yeah. He, yeah. she won't back down. No. No. And Mel Gibson's like, get another tape. Go get another tape. I like that you made the 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 comment too that they kind of feel like there's parts of that movie where the the two children are almost the adults where it yes. seems like right. Gibson and Joaquin are just dumbfounded parents yeah. who don't yeah. know what to do and, uh, These two are and a common theme in Shyamalan by the way Willis in Unbreakable and yeah. in Sixth Sense is this sort of zombie guy who's like walking through life and one of them he's like oh, these kids always seem to be more perceptive than the adults in Shyamalan movies they're yes. always sort of well, they're more aware of what's going on explaining the logic to everyone yeah. they know what to do so, the, the kids in Shyamalan movies always feel tapped into some bigger thing, whether it's literally like in Sixth Sense, he's tapped into the ghost world. And Unbreakable, the kid keeps on telling him, like, Dad, you're supposed to be a superhero. You're supposed to be a superhero. And he's like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. And in this, the kids are telling about the alien thing. There's so much more focus on them in this than there was in Unbreakable, you know? Where yeah, well, they're yeah. better. Clark was like a secondary character. But it kept on feeling to him. I remember watching it being like, these kids are so smart. And there's something so eerie and haunted to them, which I guess watching it now as a quote unquote grown up is like, oh, well, their mom just died. They're just kind of, you know. Yeah, right. They're haunted. Right. Their mom died pretty recently. They're with a dad who's kind of a shell of a man. Like they're they're haunted. But I kept on Uncle Jesse moved in upstairs. Yeah. Yeah, And he's kind of a weirdo. (laughs) Yeah. They just. (laughs) It is almost a detriment. (laughs) It is, I think, almost a detriment to the movie as a whole that these two performances are so good. Because it makes you feel like there's something more to the kids. Yeah. You know, you're yep. like, these kids are so fucking, like, electric. that There has to be some explanation for what's going on with them, how they tie into this. Even at the end when they're, like, taking Kieran Culkin's, uh, uh, Rory Culkin's body, I was like, uh, is he the key to something? Right. Is he the chosen yep. one? It's like, yeah. no, he's just a kid. You yeah, know? you asthma. keep waiting right. for... Um, the scene I loved, sorry, uh, with, with the kids that was like a good long cut at the end of the scene was the one with the walkie-talkie baby monitor in the car. Mm-hmm. And they all, it's when the it's adults- It's the last time they're like having fun. Well, yeah. the yeah. adults yep. kind of get on board and right. get on top of the car and right. they all help. And he tells her not to get up, Abigail, and she does anyway. And then he helps Bo or whatever her name is. Mm-hmm. And then when, when the sound goes deaf, it's like one long shot of them all in a diagonal- line mm-hmm. the whole family and then she slides back down the windshield like disappointed it's a really good scene she's, it's like not cheesy it's just yeah good. i agree and, and they the, have a lot of chemistry as a family totally. yeah they do she never feels like she's like hamming it up or doing cute no. kid acting but everything no. she does is adorable well, i was it's but true. also she has a crying scene yeah at the table nails yep. it and another tidbit i have for you guys they shot that in pieces obviously yeah. and they were like let's do abigail first because she's you know we're gonna lose right. her she's little and she just instantly just started like sobbing and like 
everyone else at the table was just like, oh my god, like yeah. they couldn't follow her because that's she, a good like, move too because then yeah. that gets everybody else in the gut and then they start crying. Yeah. yeah, isn't that crazy? I had heard that from people who had worked with her. I'd say like before she was like ten, you know, like sure. Loma Sunshine making, and before right, yeah. people who worked with her. Like I worked with crew guys and stuff who've always said like she has the most astonishing emotional reserve. Where even just as a kid, it didn't feel like oh she's been coached. Right. It didn't feel like, oh, this is a fucked up abused kid who somehow is like, they just go like, so Abigail in this scene, you're crying because your mom's dead. She'd be like, okay. And then she'd just do it. <laughs> like she was just some miraculous like wonder yeah, child. Interesting that she hasn't turned into like a bigger adult, you know, like like Chloe Moretz or I know. Dakota well, Fanning you know, or whoever, you know. This who, performance, which I, the leap. I think is pretty astonishing. I don't know if any of you have ever seen Keen, the Lodge Kerrigan movie. Yeah, it's no. a good movie. Which is a great movie with Damian Lewis, later of Homeland. And he plays a man who's searching for his missing daughter. And as the film goes on, you start to realize, oh, he might not be mentally all together. He might not have a daughter. How long has it been since the daughter? Is he haunted by this trauma? Was there ever all this sort of stuff? And Abigail Breslin plays a girl in the last third of the movie. Mm -hmm. It becomes pretty much about the two of them. The first two thirds is just this guy walking around. It's all from his perspective. And the last third of the movie is he sort of almost abducts this girl. I mean, it feels like he's trying right. to fill that void. And she's astonishing in it. Astonishing. She's great. And it's like just her and like a real deal grown-up actor. And she has like a crying scene. Like she likes this man who's nice to her. And then there's a scene where she starts to realize, oh, no, maybe this is the kind of stranger that my parents tell me not to go with. Maybe I'm not ever going to see my mom again. And she like breaks down in a similar way. And I just remember seeing this being like, oh, this is the fucking next great actress. Yeah, and it really stands out because a lot of times with the kids, it's just just deliver your lines, not sing-songy. Yeah. It's basically all right. they ask, and they ask a lot of emotional weight out of both of but the kids in this one. But she destroys it. And then she does Loma Sunshine shortly after that. Gets an Oscar nomination at, like, nine. It's a huge film. Oh, yeah, I forgot you got I it. think, you know, that's the weakest of these three performances, but she's really charming in it, and she's the center character. Yeah. You know, but it, I think the other two movies, she's got more heavy-duty stuff to do. And then... I guess she's still good and stuff, but I, I keep on waiting for her now? to... She's on that show Screen Queens now on Fox. Yeah. She was in New Year's Eve. I mean, I feel like she's also not doing she's stuff. She's doing stuff. Yeah. I don't know. She's I'm just still... waiting for another knockout performance from her. I know she has It might a... happen. She needs a dramatic role then. Yeah. yeah. Not like a not, yeah. Yeah, Scream piece. Queens. Yeah, she's been doing a lot of fluff stuff. I'm a big fan. Thumbs up. So, but I think we're we're almost done here, but I do think... Have we done everything in the end of the movie? But well, we haven't like it like talked about how everything lines up perfectly. It's like the bat, well, she the keeps water, drinking water, the but then asthma. Every water we talked about the asthma. Like yep. The asthma is always yeah. Where so, he whispers, "I hate you" in the kid's the ear, but to God, very weird. Right. But it's just yeah, he's clutching him, and there's that "I hate you." Uh, that's the last thing that dead like, kid was ever. Heard. Yeah. yeah. What if that was the last thing? That kid <laughs> heard just well, I was like, why is he saying that out loud to his child? Um, yeah, there, but yeah, and the thing that the, the last the wife's last words she told him to were, see to see so that's like he needs to recognize the signs. I yeah. assume so, and then the, he needs to swing away. Well, earlier in the film, <laughs> you don't they, so you couldn't dumb. even say that with a straight face. They don't show you the scene with the wife until after yeah, the they've alien already attack. said those were her last words. Yes, and Mel tells him that. I do actually right. like how the I movie like, well structured. I peppers think, yeah. in like yeah. these mo- flashback moments, and right. then like near the end, as the movie's reaching yeah. its emotional climax, we're like, all right, we're gonna see this now. And first know, film, the first shot of the movie. The first thing they shot was the death scene of the wife. Really? Yeah. Oh, Mel Gibson came on set. That was the first day. You have your wow. story about from the making of that. Oh, yeah. They they yeah. held a... This is crazy. They held a candlelight vigil for the dead wife. There's a picture. The character? Yeah. On the set. whole crew holding up candles before they shot this scene. Wow. And Shyamalan puts it like, we were all crying, you know, before we even started. They were crying... 
for him. For, uh, no, I, for the I, dead lady who is I no. But I think they were crying so that he would see that they were taking his movie seriously. It seems like one of those things where like the boss you is here. You gotta imagine. No one was actually crying. How can you hold no a candle light vigil for a a, a fictionally yeah. dead fictional? That's person. an emotionally yeah. unstable That's crew. I, would say. Uh, I mean, the real weird for that he dead had person's a, right there. He yeah. had a picture of this candlelight vigil that you see in the documentary, and that he then used as emotional. Like support for his acting for scenes. Ray Reddy when he walks by him and like slow mo and he's like on the ground Looking that was the, oh my when God. he's looking down at his shoes he's no. actually looking down at a picture of the no. fake vigil he held for a woman who is still alive <laughs> it wasn't real but it is interesting that they were like Gibson's coming you know and the first thing we're gonna yeah. do we're gonna just like plunge him into this like well that was one of the better yeah and that was the better that's the best of, scene of that's, the scene. So there you go. the best thing yep. but but usually he was movies... probably drunk for that yeah oh, he showed up drunk and he just slowly dried out throughout the film. Uh, it feels like he has one in the bag during every scene of this movie. Yeah. Um, a lot of movies make this mistake where there's like they save the flashback for later, like it's a big twist reveal of sure. what happened. Right. And what I like this film does is they pretty much tell you everything that happened in the moment, but they spare you the emotion of actually watching it. So it's not like it's like, oh, what happened to his wife? They pretty quickly on tell you. What were his la- wife's last words? He tells Joaquin Phoenix early he on. Does, yeah. Her last words was she said, swing away. And he cites that as, that's and he said I that, knew. Yeah, her brain was just firing. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, last thing yeah. she said to me was, swing away. She thought she was at one of your baseball games or something. It didn't make any sense. Yep. And they save once he sees the alien holding Rory Culkin in the arms, they flash back and they show you the scene for the first time. It lands with full emotion. Before that, they show the scene where he has Cherry Jones tell him what's going to happen. But they don't show the wife conversation until then. And then the swing away thing suddenly, like, has a different weight to it. Right, where it's like, yo, that bat on the wall, maybe use it to hit the guy. Yeah, But without without this. If your wife hadn't died and said these supernatural (laughs) things, you would never have thought, like, oh, a bat bat is an effective weapon. Well, and that brings up a point that I was also curious about as a a farmer. you know, he's a priest, fine, uh, but Bucks County, Pennsylvania, somebody's got guns. There's no guns There's in this There's guns place. in that house. Murph was Absolutely like, where are the firearms? It's, it's a knife just and bat movie only. It's all knives and bats, which yeah. I get because you're like, well, we need the bat because if he has a gun, he just shoot the alien. Yeah. Well, but, and I thought the reason they weren't moving is they were scared to, like, hit him because what's he going to do? Disappear with the kid? It's like the unknown enemy. Right. But, right. If the, but if the simple answer is just find something to hit him with, that literally could have been a chair. And yeah. throw like, glasses of Good water. thing there's and yeah. see, water on he's every like, surface. I see yeah. the alien holding my son. Yeah. Like, there he is. Come on. Hey, Hans. Hey, ben Haas. just walked in. I think, Ben, do you want this episode to end? Yeah. Yeah, I do very much so. All right. I, I was going to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I was going to. We're wrapping up. But yeah. I also have some thoughts. Well, maybe get, get oh, on the mic Jesus. to say that. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Ben, ben gave me a here. sheet of paper with some notes that I was holding oh, tight. Yes. If Ben wants to share it. So anything. to add to this point, you guys were just uh, left off with where's the president? Was the fucking president? So you just want him TV. to appear on screen, being it's just like, news "My nodding. fellow Americans, aliens are allergic about. to water." Who would you want to play the president in this movie? Oh, I don't know. Shyamalan? M. Night Shyamalan. Yes, yes. he should have been the president. It's it's President Francis Reddy, Ray Reddy's brother. He's eighteen. He looks eighteen, which makes his yeah. character unrealistic. Scott, where's the fucking president? Okay, cross it check. Up the list. Check it off the list. Um, I wish that this movie was just the end. The twist was that it was actually Mel Gibson just losing his mind. <laughs> you know, that would be a, a fine twist. But it felt like it was going in that direction. But, but then I think Shyamalan was like, no, 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 no. Not doing that again. Straight yeah. down the middle. Right. Yeah. And I have a theory that this uh, this movie gave Mel an idea of how to end Apocalypto. which is just to tie in religion, Christianity, saving the day. Yeah. 
So anyway, let's wrap this up. You have now referenced the ending of Apocalypto twice on this podcast. I was going to say. Yes. I believe you referenced it last week. Yeah, the, yeah, the twist of this movie is that there's no twist, and the ending says, like, all those things that look like coincidences are coincidences that I'm using to pay off at this ending. Well, and maybe yeah. God is real. And maybe I'm God because I'm the one who designed this scene where everything worked out perfectly. The twist is he puts the collar back on. He's, I know. You know. He becomes a priest. He I did not up. like the religious undertones of I, this film. I don't film. like that last shot. It just I, feels so sudden because it's, like, it's all in that world. The whole movie's taking place within, like, three days, and then it cuts this one, like, the wall, they pan across the wall, then it's winter, and he yeah. just puts his collar on, and the movie's over. And you're supposed to be like, "Well, now it's all great, as long as he's back." To no the old one will job. ever die again. I yeah. know it is. Yeah, it is weird. But there's no sort of emotional resolution. It's just like, oh, he's back to work. And every M Night movie at this point has been like, I mean, they're all crisis of faith movies, right? Yep. And usually are are you know resolved Catholic, with faith, if not Christian, winning right. out exactly. Yes. They're always about sort of like emotionally distant men who have a hard time relating to their family. Yep. Uh, Dennis Leary in Wide Awake, Bruce Willis in his two, Mel Gibson in this. Yep. And that's always these kids who seem tied into some deeper sort yeah, of like who have core. some sort of supernatural almost right. El- right. element. If, if not literally, they just seem perceptive to- Wisdom beyond, yeah, their, beyond years. their years. He's yes. just been working True. it out with Papa Shyamalan for years and years. That's what he's just well, been trying to work through. And that's mm-hmm. what he's very, is very Spielberg-y about him. Because like yeah. Spielberg, it's yeah, like, the you children. know, daddy movies. Yep. Movies about, you know, well, why doesn't daddy love me or but whatever. Because well, it's a daddy. shark. I made jobs. He had two doctor parents, you know, but sure. by all accounts, his parents were very doting and supportive. Yeah, it sounds him. like he had supportive parents. But he also had doctor parents, so maybe they were working crazy. But maybe hours. he also just saw a lot of He Spielberg didn't grow up movies. Catholic, right, but he went to Catholic school. I think to some degree he was like, oh, white people love this Catholic shit. I was just going to say, an Indian in uh, in uh, Bucks County, or at least yeah. in the parts. He, he grew up, I think, in the suburbs of Philadelphia. Yeah, it's Ardmore. Right. Or, yeah. 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 Um, I think he was just sort of trying to figure out like how to make movies appeal to the widest like, swath maybe. of mainstream America. But I also think this movie's interesting because they've been hanging these things of these guys who can't connect with their wives, right? Six Sense, it's because she's a ghost. Unbreakable because he's fucked it up, you know? Yeah, sure. Like, all these things. And then this one, it's like, the wife is dead. And it's always like, oh, the guy's fucking too, focusing too much on his career and not enough on his family. This one, the guy's given up his career entirely to focus on the well, family. It's distanced him from his family. And then the movie's mm-hmm. like, no, nah, you got to go do that job, too. It's like you got to do both things. Sure. I guess so. I don't know. It's it's an interesting movie. I mean, it's like I kind of like it. I kind of do too. Yeah, I liked it a little because I thought I was going to hate it, yeah. and then some of it was kind of cool. So then I was like, eh. I think slightly above average. I think it's it's uh, Shyamalan's cameo and and brutal. doing an alien yeah. to CGI not practical. A little too. Because they could have done a little CGI for the camouflage if they you know, needed to, but I, the name I, I, for that, I think anytime I it was in the shadows, it should have been a guy the, in a suit. Because you're not going to see details I, I mean, anyway. And you got guys. You guys have to remember the complaints at the time. Like, why would aliens who are allergic to water come to a planet? Yeah, where I, it see, rains, I don't give a shit about right. that. At all that all. stuff. You don't yeah. care at all. I don't care at all about that. I I wouldn't care if it literally isn't like some water. A dribble of water spills on him and he starts bleeding. Yeah. yeah. It's My just so complaint, dorky. They didn't do their research on this planet. Uh, there's a scene that's very, like, very specifically art-directed of a, of a seating arrangement outside of their farmhouse and it's all Adirondack chairs, which are very... Um, New England, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, like Cape Cod. Mm-hmm. So that yeah. like that's such a specific chair to use in, like, the buttfuck Pennsylvania. Yep. It bothered me a lot. Buttfucks County. Because that's a specific choice. It I, isn't like, oh, they had one of those. They I, have like four and they're pristine. They want that this one... movie to look like, like yeah, like uh, what's who's who's the, the painter? The nice painter who makes it. Thomas American... Kincaid, Master of Light? No, no not, not, not Thomas Kincaid. No. Norman Rockwell. Norman Rockwell. Yeah. Like they want it to look all American. I agree with you. Yeah. There's no character to like, 
Pens- this is Bucks County. Like, yeah. where, where are they? Like, it should be a little more specific. Yeah. Don't how much people live in Bucks County? Like, they're that- they're Lancaster County. More, okay, they're more, okay. but it's yeah. But there's there'd be a little more rugged uh, elements to these. Characters. The house is very pristine. There'd be one shotgun, especially if mom's dead. That house should have gone to shit. Yeah. Uh, a quick sidebar because I don't even know what I take away from this. But Tak Fujimoto <laughs> shot this film as he well. He did. Yeah, he shot had Six shot Sense. the Sixth Sense. Yeah, and he shot Sons of the Lambs. And there's one scene that employs Tack and uh, Jonathan Demme's big uh, trick that they love doing, which is the characters staring straight down the barrel of the lens. You're doing a conversation between two characters yeah. in coverage, but they're both addressing the camera, it yeah. seems like, to make the audience feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. They use that a lot in Silence of the Lambs the during scene interrogation here? scenes. It's the one where, I forget which speech it is, but it's one of the ones where Terry, uh, Cherry Jones comes over to talk to Mel Gibson and it's the one that Abigail Breslin keeps on interrupting with the TV stuff. Yeah, right. right and the right. eye line is always straight with the audience right. until Abigail Breslin comes in, and then it breaks, and then it goes to a side shot. And it is successful because it's like, oh, that is unnerving. It always is unnerving to watch a movie and feel like the character's it's talking looking to at you. you. Yep. But I can't, for the love of me, figure out why they did it there. Cool shot. I was tired. It looks cool, but he's also usually no, but I think that's the reason. tight that's about it. his yeah. language. Cool yeah, it's I don't know. Very strange. This movie's a little less, though. Yes, yeah. it feels like it's he light, was playing it a little more safe, yeah. yes. and he was a little more calculative, like, I'm going to make it very religious so I can appeal to, like, Homeland America, because sure. Unbreakable, I clearly went too up my butt with the artsy-fartsy stuff that only Griffin's going to like. Sad little <laughs> 10-year-old Griffin. Those are the Griffin. notes in the script, right? Yeah. Like, Griffin's going to yeah. love None this. None of this Griffin fart stuff. Um, but I think it's, it's a you know, a film made by someone who knows how to make movies. There are masterful sequences yeah. in it. I agree. So it's above Great average. I would put yeah, it slightly yeah. above average. It, it, but it, and it's him making a Hitchcock movie. Like, yep. or yeah. with, whatever. Yep. With, with Spielberg, supernatural mm-hmm. overtones, but he's like, I'm making a film that's going to have scenes of well-executed suspense the birds. layered the over movie. with those it. Birds. With, uh, the birds yeah. When they heard the aliens yes. scream the his fingers yeah. cut off, those birds went wild. Mm-hmm. Um, but and we this, should wrap up. Yes, and this is kind of the last pure Shyamalan film. I mean, after this, things get really interesting in the career. The next movie is, to me, the linchpin of everything. He goes double artsy. Yeah. I he goes that, right oh. back to the Next movie is my favorite Shyamalan, and Ooh, wow. I'm very excited okay. to talk about it. But it's also where the wheels come off. What's it called? The Village. Oh. Le, Le Village. Yep, I remember seeing that. Uh, Le Village. Uh, Murph and Diana, thank you so much for thank being you. on Thank you. Thank you for having Thanks, us. guys. Uh, Thanks course. for getting us. Uh, Coming into this hot room that yeah. you know oh, well. I yeah. know this hot box. Um, uh, you know, should be said, first of all, I think you folks are the ones who coined the Haas, so uh, credit there. You know, mm-hmm. uh, if you're a blankie. And you're not listening to Minaj. You got it all wrong. Because first of all, as we said, their podcast and the man who we're studying this miniseries share a name. So there's a lot of overlap. But also, <laughs> if you like the Haas as a nickname, you'll love Minaj a Trois. That's all you need to know. It's true. It's true. Um, you've had some great guests on the show. It's a great podcast. It's Thanks, great. Man. Thanks, We've guys. both been on. If you're looking we've for an entry point, Dig listen back to our episodes. Archives. Please uh, do. We, wow, we yeah. both like three years ago, cite yeah. Winona Ryder as our all-time crush. Yes, um, it's a double rider. Yeah. I believe I have an improv scene with Jeff Goldblum in my episode. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. so. Yeah. Um, I talk about Tangled a lot in my episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I see. I talk about I see. I tell I tell a good story about working on uh, Law and Order SVU. If yep. you want to listen to that, mm-hmm. uh, great podcast. And um, both of you uh, are involved with the Chris Gathard show. Mm-hmm. Yep, which is coming back to coming Fusion back. Season, S2. Two. season two, season two, season two. No long official, apps. No official date yet, but very soon within yeah. the next couple months. I think so. It will be back. Twill. Spring 2016. Spring is spring. Um, spring 16. So definitely watch the shit out of that. But also, if for any reason you listen to this podcast and you haven't watched the Chris Gathard show. What's the matter with you? Yeah, that that actually is weird. You guys should get on that. <laughs> Perhaps I mean maybe, maybe it's blind person. Maybe yeah. it's a blind. Okay, but listen. If you're if you've got sight, 
They have it as a podcast. Look, you can download it to your thing. Yeah, don't 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 uh, yell at them. You know, guys, check out the Chris Gethard show. It's wonderful. Maybe my first ep- my first maybe my favorite episode of television ever is the Chris Gethard show episode First Times, which features very big moment between the two of you. Mm-hmm. Great episode. Uh, you might be able to guess where it's going, but I don't want to spoil it because the episode plays out so perfectly sex. as it is. Um, they give each other shockers because uh, they each got five curly Griffin, fingers. Griffin, 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 I swear to God. Thank you for listening. Um, I just want to do one quick plug. Oh. Uh, I, I last night stayed up very late. Oh, of course. We have to talk about we this. We got to talk about this. I established, I decided 2016 you've already year, You've been talking about this privately. And I've been working a couple different angles, but I've decided this is the year of no regrets. I want to I want to put it all out on the table and try for everything, you know, that I dream of and uh, live my life to the fullest, you know, like the secret. So I talked to my, my agents, my professional representation about this. I had a sort of personal side in with some of the producers, was trying to, like, work that angle. And last night was like, you know what, fuck it. I'm, I'm working any Let's angle. Go viral, baby. Let's go viral. I started a change.org petition. Addressed to Comcast and President Obama and President Obama to cast me in the film Fast Eight, the eighth film in the Fast and Furious. Oh program. yes, right. It's Sorry. being shot in New York. Yep, it's right here on our doorstep. Oh. Casting director is the guy who did Draft Day. He's hired me before. You might go great. Then it's a lock. No, it's not. We need we need all the support we can get. So we got it. We got to rally the troops. Everybody, get on that. Uh, everyone, get on that. As of the time of our recording, I posted it last night at like midnight or one a.m. As of the time that we started recording this, I had over a thousand views to the petition. Cool. Change. Good start. Change. How many org. signatures? Fucking eighty-four. You assholes! <laughs> if you click on the page, just, just sign. sign. How many do you think you need to get into Fast Eight? I think I think if I get five thousand, it will catch their attention. Yep. Do you know what I'm saying? Yep. Right. I think if I have five thousand signatures, there's no way I don't get an audition. I think they'd at least get you in that room for sure. Yeah. I think we need to get you a million. I think a million, they oh, write a character gu- for we're you. We're gunning for a million. If you're not, they'll just, because that's the kind of movie you can just write a character into <laughs> yeah, last fucking definitely. minute. Definitely. Look, I'm proud of my full write up on the petition. I suggest you check it out. Uh, uh, bit.ly. I create a bit.ly uh, link that's easy to remember. So it's bit, http, colon, backslash, backslash, bit.ly, backslash, fast, griff, furious. There you go. Furious. That's the link. I wrote up a whole thing. I explained my my history, why it means a lot to me. It's a great essay. You I'd, guys should read it. I would work for the SAG, uh, you know, minimum Just scale, scales, yep. local hire, so they'd save money on transportation because I could self-commute, but subway. I don't need a lot of craft services because that could be distributed amongst the rest of the crew. I also give them a few pitches on different types of characters I could play. One is, you know, a main entry. No, no, yeah. they can read it. They, they can, can read it. I don't think they have any budget restrictions on that film. I know, that's why I'm saying, like, <laughs> I'll save you a couple bucks. If happy you... to be part of the family. Yep. Happy to have one line. Let's get that going, please. Uh, yeah. I'm going to go sign right now. I, that's how I'll you sign. should be doing it, people. If you're going to read a lot it, of, A lot of blankies already signing. I, I recognize the names. I really appreciate it. So please check that out. Keep listening to this podcast. Yeah, we'll be back next week. We'll probably be talking to the village. We're going to be talking uh, Le Village with... Yep. Uh, David Ehrlich. David Ehrlich. Uh, 99%. Like, where you, he'll be here. Uh, Rolling Stone. Uh, the Rolling Stone writer. One of my favorite guys. Time Out New York. Oh, Little White Lies. He's, he's, he's one of the finest. Uh, Murph Daya, thanks again for being thank here. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, David, thank you for being here. Thank you. Uh, ben, I miss you on the other side of this wall. You can't hear us. And as always, you need five fingers for a shock. <laughs> You got it, but the, it, it doesn't have the power unless they're the two you aren't using. Do you know what I'm saying? Do they have five fingers? Yeah. They yeah. Do.
Motherfuckers, fuck. 